This episode of the Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show is brought to you by Audible, the leading provider of downloadable audiobooks with over 100,000 titles in virtually every genre. Let's say right now, for instance, you're like me, you got Star Trek on the brain. You're going to hear me and Pat talk about that in a few minutes, but uh, let's go to Audible. We'll type in Star Trek. I think this is actually a good example because it gives us an overview of all the different genres that Audible touches on. There's science books, like the physics of Star Trek. There are behind-the-scenes tell-alls, like Star Trek memoirs read by William Shatner. So that's William Shatner himself telling you about everything that happened while he was filming Star Trek. Uh, There is a novelization of Star Trek Into Darkness, the new movie. And, of course, there are just a million books that take place in the Star Trek universe. You got stuff like The Fall of Terak Noor. And then this one, I actually didn't know this one existed until I I just did this search. There is a Spock vs. Q audiobook. So this is Spock. I don't have to tell you Spock is, you know, from the original series. Verse Q, I probably don't have to tell you who Q is if you're still listening to this pitch. Q, the uh, mischievous god-like being from Next Gen. This is Spock vs. Q, and here's the best part. Uh, read by Leonard Nimoy and John Delancey. I think I'm getting his name right. The guy who played Q. Uh, you may also remember him as the uh, father of the girl who dates Jesse in season two of Breaking Bad. He's the air traffic controller. He's in Crank and Crank 2. So it's him and Leonard Nimoy doing a reading of Spock vs. Q. And here is the best part. You can listen to it for free because Audible... Did I already say the best part was that Leonard Nimoy and John Delancey were in it? That might be the best part. But the second best part is you can listen to it for free because Audible is offering people who listen to this podcast a free 30-day trial. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash Jeff Rubin to take advantage of this special offer audiblepodcast.com slash Jeff Rubin. Spock vs. Q, that's where that's going down. But uh, Jeff vs. Pat, that's going down here uh, right now. Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Shows, Jeff and Pat, 2013 Summer Movie Preview. It's the episode you waited all winter for. It's here. Uh, Pat is here. Hey, thanks for having me, man. And uh, we are going to run through about 20 movies that are coming out this summer. We are going to be racing the gong once again. We'll have five minutes to discuss the dreaded gong. Uh but, you know, before we get to the movies, before we get to the summer movies, let's warm up with uh, something you and I just saw, kind of random, that everyone's dying to hear about. G.I. Joe 2. Oh, good. I'm glad we... I was afraid because that came... A, a surprising spring no, release. No, no, it doesn't matter when it came out. I've been getting so many emails like, when are you going to weigh in on G.I. Joe 2? <laughs> this is the episode. It's happening. Uh, I, I liked, liked it. it. Totally. I liked it way... I mean, I, I must admit, love Channing Tatum. Uh, hated the first G.I. Joe. And, you know, and I like a lot of shitty movies. This one I did not like. But the second one was incredible, I thought. It really improved upon the first one. Um, they, I think a couple of reasons. One, you know, um, I, I don't want to give too much. Can I give plot points away? You can. It's been out of theater for like two months by the time okay, people Okay, um, spoiler alert, they kill off Shang Tatum in like the first act. Yeah, I think that was kind of like 
that was known if you were following G.I. Joe 2 production that mm-hmm. was out there. Because he's barely in the movie. Why well, I, I, I didn't follow production. I didn't want it spoiled for me because right, I right. knew there would be some big bombshells like that. Um, but I think it was cool to kind of change the dynamic of the movie. It was mo- it was a rock vehicle. Yeah. that's, a, that's Not that's, the last rock vehicle we're going to be discussing oh today. Oh, my God. It's been, what a, it's been quite, a, quite a year or two years for The Rock. Well, what I thought was interesting was before G.I. Joe 2, which... Is, by the way, not good. It's just what it should be. The first one wasn't even what it should be. This one is what a G.I. Joe movie should be, which is not a very good movie. Uh, yeah, I just, I mean, the, the, all the stuff with, um, what's his face? The ninja. Snake Eyes. But Snake, Snake Eyes, Eyes is and what's And Storm Snake Shadow. Eyes' rival. Storm Shadow. Storm Shadow. It, it's more about Storm Shadow than Snake Eyes this time around. That was just that all, the, the action sequence on the side of a mountain was pretty great. Riza plays like a blind Shaolin master, and he is not good, but I don't think I've ever seen anyone happier to yeah. be in a movie than Riza <laughs> he being wasn't the bi- was blind not- <laughs> Shaolin master in the G.I. Joe movie. Like, addressing the, a row of cartoon ninjas. Yeah, that's true. What, God... I can't believe we live in a universe where both the RZA and a G.I. Joe sequel movie exists that, well, that was able to happen. What I was going to say was uh, the trailers before the movie, I remember there was Pain and Gain, which has The Rock. Mm-hmm. There was uh, Fast and the Furious, which had Vin Diesel. There was... Or and, no, and The Rock. And The Rock. Or just The Rock. Well, and then there were, oh, a few, yeah. there were a few others that only... I'm, and I mean, someone like a lot of crossover. Yeah, yeah. What else was there? I mean, that's too, that's pretty impressive that there's two rock ones. Yeah, just he felt- so wins the like wrestler to movie career contest. It's not even funny because they've all had movie careers, you know. Yeah, but good lord. Yeah, and it's like number two is probably Hulk Hogan, right? Yeah, definitely. It's like Suburban Commando. Number three is probably Jesse Ventura. Yeah, actually, uh, maybe Andre the Giant because just because he's in the Princess Bride. Oh, that's a good one. That's that was luck though. Yeah. So. Sorry, that's kind of unfair to say. Yeah. I'm sure you auditioned with a lot of other enormous <laughs> men who suffered from gigantism. Yeah, you know, G.I. Joe 2 is, it's not good. I'm, try, I'm trying to figure out why I don't hate it. I'm not trying to like one-up you on the how much I like a thing, but I actually think, I do think it was good. So, I mean. Except the only part I didn't like, the only part I didn't like was Bruce Willis. I feel, oh, I, I forgot he was in it. I entirely forgot he was in it. Exactly. Now. I'm sorry. I love Bruce Willis. The movie looks like it was shot in like, tax breakville you know it's very much like the climactic finale like by the way they just uh, oh yeah (laughs) they destroy london in the first gi joe movie they cobra attacks as i'm sure you will remember uh cobra attacks paris with a nanovirus that like keeps replicating and it destroys the eiffel tower so in the gi joe film universe there is no eiffel tower anymore cobra has destroyed it but gi joe 2 they (laughs) up the ante and cobra gets away with blowing up London, all of London, like right. you see, like Big Ben and the London Eye, and like miles around it, explode. Everyone dead, no one alive at all. It's like the end of no. We talk, we talk about, we talk about that, like how, like can you really call the movie like the end of the movie a victory if an entire <laughs> fucking country or I think it's, I think it's like an, is it the country or just the city? It's, it's a big laser. Yeah, like you see a pretty wide overhead shot of like miles it's of like London a large being portion of England is destroyed. Is it still like a victory? Because like in another movie that because at the end of the movie everyone's like we did it and then yeah, like all yeah, of the British guy is just like um our country's gone. There's also but then uh, the whole finale. It's just like the rock on a beach and like a jeep, like <laughs> fist pumping as like things explode. Like it all comes down to just the rock and uh, who's the guy who plays Firefly in? Oh, the, I don't know, but I just name? you know what I just saw t- um, what we last get, night. Yeah, 
you you mentioned and I saw it was Book of Eli, which he's also in. Oh, he's also the henchman in that movie. What's his name? He's Firefly is the name I of the bad guy. I think he's Punisher in the second Punisher movie. Joel something? No, I don't know. Ray? Is it Ray Wise? I don't know. It might be Ray Wise. Anyway, he... big British guy, very tough, very cool. Well, the other movie everyone wants to hear us talk about is Book of Eli. What do you think? I I suspect you liked it. You liked it. I did. It seems, yeah, it, that's a. I like post-apocalyptic movies. It had a lot. It's got a lot of Bible. It took itself really seriously. (laughs) Um, I was surprised how seriously it was. Like it took itself really seriously. Yeah, there's some cool parts of that movie. It's just like that's a movie. So I'm saying GI Joe is achieving at exactly the appropriate level. That is a movie, Book of Eli, that I think is better than it has to be. It's like Mm -hmm. there are points, and again, it's not. An amazing movie, but there are parts that are legitimately interesting and fresh and new and interesting. Yeah, and I've seen. I feel like there's a lot of po- post-apocalyptic movies that have become more popular in the last few years, and there's like a there's a lot of bad ones. You know, yeah. they just kind of get. Oh, it's a desert. That's all you. You need desert and like one guy in metal underwear, and it's supposed. But like this movie, kind of. You well, know, but, Gary, you know, also but, Gary Oldman. Yeah, Gary Oldman. That raises your. That's like a half a star on whatever else is going on Definitely. automatically. Uh, you know what that movie looked like is it looked like Fallout the movie. Like it that could have been you could have just changed the title card and called it Fallout the movie and I think yeah, you could have yeah, gotten yeah. away with it. it. It was very similar. They should the Hughes brothers should direct that movie. Okay. So that's just the warm up folks. Now we're getting into the movies we haven't seen yet and we should mention that at this point we're recording this uh it's not quite summer movie season yet even though GI Joe 2 is out. Yeah, believe it or that's, not. That's that's a firm spring. That's global that well, global warming. They're actually moving the summer movie season up. So we haven't seen maybe if we see him before this post we'll we'll chime in at the end with uh Great Gatsby and Iron Man. We we have not seen it. People listening to this, they'll they'll, they'll have seen it. The hive mind will have already decided <laughs> if if Iron Man 3 is any good. Just one dude like what? Oh my god. <laughs> They didn't travel forward in time to see Gatsby? He's upset that we didn't see Gatsby either, not Iron Man 3. He's a Gatsby fanboy. Yeah, he's a huge, yeah. So, World's the nerdiest Baz Luhrmann fan. But you know what is not out yet and is going to be the first movie we're talking about. And again, we have five minutes per movie. And okay. man, is this sound-wise is good? I want to make sure, because I'm, you know, I'm it's getting great. in like action mode now. No, we're, we're ready. Okay. And this first one, it's, it's tough to jump in because this movie, everyone knows what I'm talking about because it's coming out Friday in their world. Uh... If, if there was any one of these we were going to devote more than five minutes to, it's probably this one. Huh. I don't Star know. Trek Into Darkness. Oh, of course, yes. Okay. Awesome. Five minutes, go. Obviously, we're going to see it. I mean, like, oh, it's totally, not like, yeah. are you going to see it? We're going to go see Star Trek Into Darkness. I feel like, and I worry almost, that it's not even a movie anymore, and people are just going to, are going to see it as, like, the the test for Star Wars 7, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you think, like, this and God, Star Trek here <laughs> is going to hate this next sentence? That, like, Star Wars and J.J. Abrams doing the next Star Wars movies has almost threatened to overshadow Star Trek Into Darkness. And maybe when the movie comes out, we're actually seeing it. I don't think so. I mean, there's a lot of people... I'm very excited for this movie. I mean, it's definitely... I I, I keep forgetting that he's directing... I know it seems crazy to say, but, like, it's just that he's directing the new Star Wars movies. Mm -hmm. I keep forgetting it because just it's so, like, huge and improbable and interesting... But I don't know. I, I feel I, like I think if this is like, bad, people are like, uh-oh, Star Wars 7 is the first thing anyone says. And if it's good, people are going to be like... I guess more directly to your point, though, I feel like I... Whether... My question is, is his Star Wars movie... Will his take on Star Wars be the same as it is on... Because, you know, like... Hopefully Star not. Trek's its own... It's, and I, I think probably not, but I, I just think... it seems. So you're right. I, I, th- I think hopefully not. I think he's a good enough filmmaker that he will... Yeah, yeah. Like, deliberately make it something different. 
But that said, you know, he kind of Star Wars'd up Star Trek to a degree. Like, he moved Star... He pushed Star Trek a little bit more in a Star Wars-ly direction. Yeah, I guess uh, maybe they'll tie into each other at the end. What if he crossed, you know, he could do, maybe as he, if he has ownership of both franchises. Did you see that Pat Oswalt thing? Where it was no. Like, oh, you didn't see that? Was, no, no. He did a Parks and Rec. Uh, there was an outtake from Parks and Rec this week where he, like, gave a filibuster. Uh, oh, and, yeah, I and heard he about did, this. And he did, like, oh. oh. So he, in the show, he does a filibuster about what Star Wars 7 should be. And in the show, it's, like, 30 seconds. There's an outtake online that's, uh, one take and it's like eight or nine minutes of him describing that's it. awesome he has all the franchise and it's, yeah it's does he cross the streams at all or yeah it's like marvel's there and wolverine's there and it's it's really fun it's you, you got to check that out back wait we, we only we're down to three minutes we got to okay. keep talking about it. one reason i'm really excited about this movie benedict cumberbatch mm-hmm. what a big benedict that's cumberbatch the third, that's like the uh, that's the third part of like the trifecta it's Star Trek. What is the, the trifecta of what? J.J. Abrams. Three, three, maybe three of the most beloved individuals in science fiction right now, I think, are... Even though, well, Benedict Cumberbatch isn't... Uh, it's true. It, like, you know, why, you, why I think you just classified Sherlock in her science fiction, which isn't... Didn't feel oh, you're totally right. Wrong. You're so totally right, though. Wrong. I guess I, if, it's, well, if you're on the way, beat, it's like, like a, a, He's such an honorary... He's if, already if, such an honorary sci-fi fan. If you had written... Well, he's nerdy, you know, he's or he's, like, lo- beloved by nerdy... Community, but it's just so interesting. In my brain, he was. I well, maybe it's, it's put, kind I'm, of like a sci-fi take on the original Sherlock. Where like, what if Sherlock had a cell phone? So it's it's I, yeah, sort yeah. of science fiction if you're in the 1800s. That's a good point. I bet there is also an episode of Doctor Who from like five years ago, just before he got famous, where he has like tentacles and stuff. You know. But then of course there's Star Trek, you know, and Chris right. Pine was good. It's been a while since the last Star Trek movie. You know what I would love to see is a Star Trek TV show. The time has never been better yeah. for a Star Trek TV show. Like Star Trek was so far ahead of uh, TV shows that are on now. You know, it was serialized. Uh, it had this, like, really, com- this hyper continuity that you had to watch every right. episode to follow. Like, that's what TV has become. All the most popular shows since are like, the can- that. like re- Since the cancellation of the last series, I think yeah, just yeah, that, about. that's been a development. I think Enterprise kind of saw the be- beginning or end of it, but Enterprise was its own thing. Like, it, the time has just never been better. There should be a new... Star Trek TV show. Yeah, like a socially conscious science fiction show. And I feel like they've been holding off because of the movie and because the first movie was so popular and they don't want to rock the boat. But uh, yeah, it, it, it seems like it should be. And I don't know that that show, boy, what continuity does it take place in? That's another five minutes. Yeah. We don't have time Well, that's what that. I want with this movie. They're going to actually tackle that because I don't think they will. I think this, that for last yeah, movie was kind of like... They checked that box. Yeah, so now it's just going to be a whole new adventure. Whether that... I... I that might make a slightly less interesting movie for me, just because I think it was part of why I liked the last one, how it kind of addressed the old TV, the old TV show and stuff. You like that? I did, which I know is not, which is the you know Minority Report. Uh, yeah, no, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't hate it. I didn't like it. I guess I have no strong feelings one way or the other. I thought it was interesting though. So, but this one, I think we'll have none of that though. No, yeah. this one looks like a rollick and old good time. Mm-hmm. Darker though, like I think. They, oh, they also, the Enterprise is cra- the Enterprise crashes in the water. That's yeah, pretty crazy. Uh, it should be good. It's been a while. It took them a while to get. I feel like. I, How long has it been? When's the last? I time? don't know, but it, doesn't it feel like it's been a while? I mean, like I feel I like so. I saw an Iron Man. I saw Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man like three months ago. You know, like he was just Iron Man. Yeah, that, the good for J.J. Abrams though. I think that's like you know, give it a little time. That, I remember when Jurassic Park two came out. That was like five years after the first one or something. Four years. That is time. And we are moving on. How, do we, how did that feel, pacing-wise? That felt great. Okay. That felt great. Yeah, we got it. We covered a lot of stuff. But now I'm realizing we're kind of top-loaded, because all, you know, this is we're starting right in the prime of the summer movie season. Iron Man 3's kicked mm-hmm. it off. Star Trek yeah. Darkness has already come out. So we're starting with some of the heavy hitters, because next up, 
Fast and Furious 6. Now, this is one. I'm starting the clock. Mm-hmm. This is one where I could, I, I do want to see this movie, but I don't think it's as automatic for me as uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's, um, I liked Fast Five. I liked Fast Five. They're both, yeah. And, well, I think Fast Five, I think for a lot of people, was that, that was, it was Fast and Furious, then Fast Five, and now Fast Six, right? Oh, God, I don't know. This, I, I'm amazed the fran. I mean, the, the franchise the is still fran- continuing. Yeah. I would have written it off. Now the Rock's in it. Like the Rock, they introduced him in the last one. Oh, so yeah. Also, our the second Rock movie we talked about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know what I like about Fast and the Furious is it's like not really about people anymore. And in, uh-huh. in my mind, I mean, I guess it's about Vin Diesel, and he's like they're never they're well. If Vin Diesel left, they'd probably keep doing them. But it's about like those car stunts, and I feel like. But no, uh, like I, I so think many of these other movies. It's like not about car racing anymore at all. <laughs> they're like they they they're spies or something now. It's completely Well, it's not about car racing. That's true. Like it's about like high stakes heists and like global I don't think it's about cars at all in the next one. Well, but there's always one or two good car stunts. Right, of course. What, like big car scenes. And there's scenes where I think, as far as I can tell, like people are really driving cars off of trains. Am I naive to think that? Like actual stuntmen or something? Yeah, they seem they're like a lot more old school and like Create and like real, and they feel much more tangible than yeah. some of these other movies we're discussing. Where, say, Jeff Bridges is being thrown through a skyscraper, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and oh, like, actual actual stunts, yeah. Like I like that it's still. I has, guarantee when the like the, the DVD, like when the Blu-ray or whatever comes out, there will be like don't worry, there'll be tons of like special features <laughs> yeah, with like Rob Cohen being like you know. Uh, we spent seven months uh, developing this one stunt where the well, car jumps off the thing. Also, and that's all know. the movie is. That's all the movie is. And I'm cool with that. Uh, but but no, I think they're good at it. But no, it's like now, I mean, what I'm saying is like... They do one thing it, and they do it well. It used to be only about cars. Now it's... Uh, I would say 75% of it's going to be a lot of other type of... Like, like yeah, I just saw Grapple. Michelle I, Rodriguez I I'm is pretty back sure from the dead. Yeah, which you learn in the last one, right? It's a post credit yeah. scene in the last one. And they're putting in the trailer here now, so I don't think it's a spoiler. Exactly, yeah, I was making sure to be you know, Yeah, it's in the trailer. We could talk about whatever's so in the trailer. So we, we know we've spoiled that Channing Tatum dies in G.I. Joe, too. So, yeah, there's definitely, like, a, it's, a, it's become a ridiculous, sprawling epic. And, like, I think Paul Walker would hate to hear me say, they do one thing and they do it well, car stunts. I guess it's, the thing that is impressive about it is just the scale at which it's grown. If you think about that first movie, how it's just Vin Diesel being, like, or Paul Walker's, point like. point break. That first one's point yeah, break. Yeah, exactly. Or Paul Walker's, like, someone's stealing, like, carburetors. And now they're, <laughs> yeah. like, I think they're, like, winning the Venezuelan Revolution or right, something. Right. He, they, they bring down a plane somehow. I think, like, Vin Diesel yeah. just, like, has a head-on collision with an airplane. I and also think, and we wins. should know this sort of stuff, we should do research, but I'm pretty sure they did this Back to the Future style, and they shot two Fast and the Furious movies, and this is the first of the two, and, like, there's another one already in the can. Oh, really? I think so. Let me I, 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 respect, I respect that. That makes That's good. That means there'll, there'll, there'll be continuity. I mean, I don't. I just like the like. Also, if you're making one Fast and the Furious movie, you might as well make two. It's funny how there was a period where Vin Diesel and Paul Walker were like, uh, "I don't want to do these movies anymore," and now they're making them two at a time. And they've got everyone back, like the Vin Diesel gravity. Michelle Rodriguez has been. Well, back I think into she, it. she was the one missing element in the last in Fast Five. In Fast Five, they had everyone back, even the kid from Tokyo Drift, who's like his story is like. Nightmare on Elm Street 2, where it's like has nothing to do continuity as <laughs> with any other movie in the right, franchise. Right, or uh, Halloween 3. Exactly, but they're like, they're like, whatever, just get those characters in this universe anyway. We're going to cross the streams. That's like the fourth time I said cross the streams, by the way. I'm there, sorry. We're, it's okay. Anyway, but now uh, M- Michelle Rodriguez, because she was dead, not really, was the only missing one, and now we know. All right, so I wanted to look this up because I didn't want to put out misinformation. Mm-hmm. So I didn't listen to the last thing you said. I was on Wikipedia, but here's what I got. <laughs> 
On April 4th, 2013, Lin, who I think is the director, announced that he would not return to direct Fast and the Furious 7th as the student wanted to produce on an accelerated schedule for release in summer 2014, which would require Lin to be- begin pre-production on the sequel while performing post-production on Fast and the Furious 6, which he considered would affect the quality of the final product. Uh, Universal chose to pursue a sequel quicker. Uh, Diesel announced that a sequel will be released July 11th, 2014. So we'll be having this exact conversation wow. one year from now about Fast and the Furious 7. I like how Vin Diesel got to announce it, too. I bet he, I bet he announced it without any actual green lighting having happened or whatever. So this is not the last time we're going to be talking about Vin Diesel on this list. It's the last time we're going to be talking about Paul Walker, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, Jordana or Lu- Brewster. Or Ludacris. Or Ludacris. <laughs> I, I liked Fast and the Furious 5. I didn't even hate the fourth one. But that fifth one had, like, I think, the, not the not only the best car chase scene, but the two best car chase scenes. I've probably seen in four and or five years. And a fight scene. Paul, oh, with the uh, rock Vin and Diesel. Diesel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> but uh, the we I think we've talked about that scene specifically on this. Is that time? Before. That is time. Good. Nice. Brings it full circle. Because now we're moving on. I don't know much about this next movie. It is After Earth. Oh, directed yeah, well yeah. it's here's the thing stars will smith and his son jaden smith like the prophecies are coming true <laughs> <laughs> but i i saw it just huge obviously like uh, you can even if you haven't seen i'm sure you can imagine what this looks like it's like a huge cardboard poster where their heads are as big as i am yeah and like the right half of will smith's face is on the left and like the left half of jaden smith's face is on the right and I was like, what? It says After Earth. Any like, big science fiction thing, I'm immediately like, all right, I'll, you've got my attention. You've, yeah. You spent $100 million making a post-apocalyptic birth. I, I'm going to check that out. I'm at least going to see what it's about. And I was like, well, who made this? Directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Wow. Which I think is interesting because that used to be, he used to be above the title, you know, like from M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, yeah. And like, they're not pushing that at all with this. Yeah, I think the transitionary, he, he did, there was, you know, he made um, The Last Airbender. He directed that movie, not at, not Avatar. It was, that was the other Avatar movie, right? Right. And based on the cartoon Avatar, he directed that one. So that was the beginning of that his was kind like, of like the his nod. And then there was the Village. No one really liked. No, and even less. I actually, yeah, I like. But it was like it's like less and less. Like less people like Signs than less people like the Village. I mean, look, we don't have to tell people that M Night Shyamalan's stock is falling. <laughs> like I think that's old news at this point. I guess the question is like, is a hundred million dollars or whatever he's they the anti? On this movie, he's the anti Vin Diesel. Is a hundred million dollars or whatever he spent on this movie plus Will Smith plus Jaden Smith enough to get you to see another M Night Shyamalan movie? Um, you know, I mean, I do like post-apocalyptic movies. This one's not. I'm not the most excited about it. I can't really explain why. It's just like, I think, yeah, I guess I. <laughs> this is gonna sound horrible, but like, I don't know if Will Smith and Jaden Smith have chemistry on camera <laughs> together, which is weird because they're. One is the child of the other. I don't know anything about the movie. I'm not sure if a trailer's out actually. I saw like some. I saw some. It like, might very... be by the time people are hearing this, and just not while we're talking. I saw that, in but the, the poster's enough. Like, they're like <laughs> this is this well, is the movie. Say, you we're, win. Going, we're going for quantity, not quality. I think we're going for like the whole idea oh, is to yeah. uh, talk like quickly. The biggest. I mean, these are the biggest summer movies, one way or the other. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm kind of just lukewarm on After Earth. You know, I, I feel. Bad. I don't know it's anything quite... <laughs> about it other than that. It's apparently post-apocalyptic. Again, the Smiths are in it. And M. Night Shyamalan. That's all I know, and, like, the only thing I like on that list is post-apocalyptic. It's not, it, it, but it's, like, it's, it, it, from what I've seen, it's not desert post-apocalyptic. I, I kind of like a more, like, civilization is crumbled. This, you know what, I think this is actually, this is not, like, 
you know, Book of Eli, Mad Max, those are maybe like a hundred years after like society has crumbled. So like you can still go into a shopping mall and like break open a soda machine or whatever. I think after Earth is like a bajillion years after Earth, and everything's jungles and species are different. So it's more, it's like they're on Pandora. Yeah, it's like the Shark Tale to uh, the Finding Nemo of Oblivion. Though I don't know if Oblivion was Finding Nemo. I saw Oblivion, but I think these are similar, where they're both like millions of years yes. after the fall of Earth or whatever it is. I think so. There's like glimpses of. I guess this will be in like the. I'm sure there'll be the snaps of Earth too. Of like. You know, like the the spire of the Empire State Building, right. or like there's a lot. There's actually an annoying amount of those in Oblivion. I was wondering, like every five, like you see, like oh, I cool, can't even like, imagine how many of those is too many. It's uh, it was like four or five. I don't know. Like there's just a lot. of Some were kind of crammed in. Like some of them made sense. He like went to like the they they, they use the spire of the Empire State Building as an antenna, and that, that makes sense. It's like one of the tallest structures, and okay. like. But then they're just like some. There's a race through a ravine. They just like really wedged in like the Statue of Liberty torch, and I'm like, they're so far away from like the uh, New York now. Anyway, I get the sense. Maybe it's wrong that I'm judging. I'm keep bringing up the M Night Shyamalan thing because I get the sense that unlike the village and unlike Lady in the Water, this is more like Avatar. This isn't necessarily an M Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah, I'd say it's fair. It's definitely not. I don't. I don't think he wrote the script or is not immediately involved. How in long it. do you think Will Smith has been? planning to make a movie with Jaden Smith like like since well, he birth? made one he made oh, really? the pursuit a... of happiness that was that like oh, weird yeah. like it wasn't weird it was just about a father and a son uh, but he's he's very young in it but he's he's he, very he's like yeah he I barely can talk but he but he's in it a lot right yeah but I think you're right that like yeah Will Smith has a grand plan for Jaden Smith <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's got like a shrug he's just it's all preordained yeah so I don't know. This might be the first one where we don't have five minutes to say about it. But I really want. I, w- I want Jaden Smith to like just forsake his father and be like, I want to become a juggler or something really <laughs> lame. <laughs> I want to be an accountant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So let's just call that one there. Fifteen seconds early, which I think maybe it reflects our interest level in After Earth. Yeah. God. I, yeah. Moving on. We're still in May. Uh, last one in May is a movie you requested specifically that we include on the list. Ooh. Uh, now you see, you, you don't like you don't know what it is. You only oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now you see me uh, with oh, Jesse Eisenberg. Oh shit, I did. <laughs> I was so messed up. Well, man. I think like you knew that like Star Trek was going to be there, but I was like, is there anything you want to make a point of hitting? And you said this one. So why I, did you say this? I one? I don't know. I just I think this now you see me with Jesse Eisenberg and um. It's that kind of in it. Um, Michael Caine is a small part in it. Um, I'm forgetting some of the other. You sound like one of the investors, like Michael Caine has agreed to do a small role. <laughs> Interested? Yeah, there's, there's. I don't know. I don't know that I much for, about it. I, I, I can't remember who's in it. There's people in it though. I, I just forgot. I mean, Jesse Eisenberg's the star. Um, yeah, I the, the reason I'm into it is that it kind of has one of those. It's the kind of movie that just like it's it'll be known. It's like it's the magician heist movie. You know, it's the same way that like Aliens, uh, Cowboys and Aliens was like the sci-fi western that was coming out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was I don't know. It was just I'm kind of curious to see if some. It seems hard to, other than The Prestige, like hard to make good movies about magicians. Well, I actually don't even like The Prestige very much, which so I think go. I've discussed on this podcast. It's, I think, um, but I thought it looked good and not because it's a magician movie because it's a heist movie. And I have, I kind of have a weakness for heist movies, to be honest. Like even Ocean's Eleven, which is not my favorite movie, like yeah. I go crazy for the actual, like, totally, heist. Yeah, yeah. it's so fun to watch like a plan come together. Yeah. Um, like you ever see the score or, you know, one of my favorite movies which is not very good is the negotiator with uh, samuel L. jackson uh-huh. which has like heisty. It's, a, uh, it's more it of a has, hostage like, hi- movie yeah but it's got like heisty like chess yeah. game between two opponents elements to it and i think the idea of a magician heist movie, yeah that's a good idea like, you know what's gonna the movie's gonna be full of is gonna be like it's all about misdirection oh yeah the trailer <laughs> opens and closes with morgan freeman yeah being oh, like and he's like 
the more you're seeing, the less you, the less you I know, actually I know. know, or something <laughs> like that. It like opens and closes with like, all right, I'm stupid, I get it. There's like always a magician in. I think almost all those heist movies have one magician character anyway, who's like part <laughs> yeah, of the mastermind. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's Ricky J. I'm just yeah, exactly. I'm just hoping that. There's a documentary of him out actually this summer. I know. I want to see that. I like Ricky J. But speaking of Deadwood, we were there's speaking a, about Deadwood before we started recording. There's a, we're always um, speaking about Deadwood. There's like that scene in the trailer where Jesse Eisenberg, like the guy, he's in the inter- he's being interrogated, and like he the cop is like lunging at him, and he does. Oh, like, it's Mark Ruffalo. Ring. It's coming back to me now. He's in the right. There's like a riff, wrist twist, and all of a sudden the um the handcuffs. The handcuffs are. It's not like a 14 year old kid laughing. <laughs> and then the, the <laughs> handcuffs go from him to him. And it it's looks like, awesome. My, um, my here's what I'm afraid of is that like. And I hate when heist movies do this, and maybe even magician movies do it sometimes too, when like everything will have been one big like a long con. I think that's that's kinda of, I think That's a line in the trailer too where they say, um, whoever's been planning this, they've been planning it a long time. It's just you if you at this point your heist movie needs to have a really clever, you know, prestige yeah, if you want yeah, it to yeah. be like impressive. Absolutely. I mean the the trailer looks like ten percent magical. Like the the thing they do is impossible yeah. and like I, I I hope the movie, I what I want from the movie, and maybe this is unfair, maybe this isn't the type of movie, but it is the movie they're selling. Like I want an explanation at the end of the movie of how they well, that doesn't it. involve sorcery with no sorcery. Okay. Like I want a clear cut, <laughs> and even if it's like twenty years ago when it was built, we had a tunnel installed. Cool. As long as it's terrestrial, I want like yeah. an answer. I just want what if it's what if it's like the Prestige though, where it's like. Not not magic, but you know, like science magic, yes, or something. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm done with science magic. I'm done with science magic. That's not why I didn't like the Prestige. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, but but this movie does seem like. I mean, don't, don't I tell me that, it's like a heist and be, be like, how'd they do it? It's impossible, and then not tell me how they did it. Like that's very unsatisfying to me. But it can't also can't be. I think the thing where like Mark Ruffalo is in on it, and Morgan, every everyone's in on it. That that to me is always a, a like. I think Ocean's Thirteen. We're spoiling. We're spoiling all the movies you care about right now tonight. <laughs> Ocean's Thirteen, my beef with it. I, I actually loved the. I thought I liked Ocean's Twelve. I thought Ocean's Twelve was even. Ocean's Eleven, I liked. Ocean's Twelve, I thought was even better. Ocean's Thirteen kind of lost me because like. There's the whole thing is like everyone was in on it, even the even the guy that didn't, you know even even Vincent Cassell was in on <laughs> you it. You sound so disillusioned, right? I don't know, man. Everyone was in <laughs> on it. It was just the whole thing was going on the whole time. Well, and they, they could have really you know wrapped the franchise. Up. Anyway. All right, you ready to move on? Yeah. Next up, we're moving into June now. Whoa. This is a this is a weird one on the list, but I, I thought getting it, warmer. We're going to, we're going to t-shirts now. <laughs> Uh, much ado about nothing from Joss Whedon. Probably the only Shakespeare movie I'll ever go see in theaters. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not cultured. I don't know no. a lot about Shakespeare. I have no yeah. idea what Much Ado About <laughs> Nothing is about. I have no idea what it's about. You pissed on my Encyclopedia Britannica <laughs> when you came in here to my apartment. Yeah, literally earlier today, I interviewed next week's guest, Mr. Met, who was an actor, and on his table was the uh, the Yale guide to shakespeare it's just i have no i i don't know anything about and that you one. use that as like you're like oh like the, that's like the joss whedon thing right <laughs> yeah shakespeare he's that dude that joss whedon adapted so look i'm just saying i just don't know a lot about you and that's my fault i know shakespeare but you, you, good. Will, you, you will see this movie in theaters yeah that's a, i like joss whedon better than i like shakespeare I'm, uh, that's how that's the highest compliment you can give joss whedon like yeah. I'll, I'll 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 go to shakespeare <laughs> you're well, it's not he's like that I don't good like shakespeare i was recently i recently god i feel like 
you cannot sound stupider than when you say you don't appreciate Shakespeare, that you don't enjoy it. Or yeah, like, it is like, I mean, I don't it's even It's like know. the most universally yeah, adored thing ever of all time. Like, even more than the Beatles is Shakespeare. Like, there might not be narrative movies if there was no Shakespeare. It's we like, might not be doing this podcast. The Beatles may or may not exist 400 years from now. Like, we're still, you know. But, but. that All that said, like, I'm more in a Buffy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he crosses. He crosses. Well, I, you know, I think it's a good. It's kind of a good fit because Joss Whedon, Much Ado About Nothing, is like one of Shakespeare's comedies, and it kind of a lot of Joss Whedon stuff is like a Shakespeare. It has like a Shakespearean comedy aspect to it that they're the dialogue is very witty. He's very you know Joss Whedon's known for witty dialogue, but at the same time, there's like you know sword fighting and so Much Ado About Nothing or whatever you know um, Love's Labor's Lost something will have funny banter and sex and, and you know, that sort of thing but they'll also have like dudes will die or you know stuff like that and i think that's like a that's a joss whedon joint too it's a cabin in the woods is like fucking hilarious mm-hmm. but also people are you know monsters will eat you i want to mention too that i ha- i actually recently saw a production of oh my god i don't know the name of it what did i see a production of i don't know oh, buffy the vampire slayer <laughs> and, uh, on broadway so i saw some sh- some shakespeare play i can't remember the name of it which is kind of uh, undercutting my point. Then I liked it. I thought it was good. And I'm like, you know, I, I really haven't been exposed to it. No, sh- it was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, awesome. I, it wasn't that it was good. It was that I enjoyed it. That yeah, was yeah. new. Because I really haven't been exposed to it since high school, to be honest. Like, I just never picked it up again. Yeah. And, you know, I, and Joss Whedon, like, he can, I'm sure he could probably make it shine. Uh, the trailer was great. I love the trailer. Yeah. You know, the, the script is obviously good. <laughs> yeah, it's like got all, all these Joss Whedon people. Wesley from... It's it, also all the Joss Whedon we're going to get this summer. Uh, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Avengers, next Avengers. summer we'll get Avengers 2. I don't even know if that's next summer. Maybe the summer after that. Wow. Yeah, you got a lot of pieces to move around. I feel like next summer, maybe Captain America And the production, 2. I mean, I know we've been following the production of the movie pretty closely. It's but like, he um, shot it in his apartment. Right. Or in his apartment. In his, uh, in his studio <laughs> loft in Brooklyn. He shot it at his home with his friends. It's, yeah. it's, it's also it's like this sort of um, reunion of Joss Whedon folk. But you know what is coming out from Joss Whedon? It is the S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, TV show. Which this is, summer? No. I mean, they sh- I think they're shooting the pilot, but it hasn't officially been picked up yet, even though like it's probably the most no-brainer pickup of all time. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Literally, like ABC owns – or ABC, Disney, and Marvel are like all one big – pile of naked people you know like, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's insane to imagine that this show doesn't get picked up because uh, i think joss whedon's also he's at least writing the pilot if not directing too so we'll get it man i mean anything you can get out of joss whedon at this point you, you got to take it because he's, he's gonna be busy it'd be cool to move to, it'd be interesting to move into you rarely hear about like shows having that much anticipation as 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 great as tv's gotten and as popular as it is Shows just kind of, you know, they, they tend, I think they tend to grow audiences or kind of, you know, there's very few event shows, you know, well, I except you, the event. I'm kind of skeptical about the S.H.I.E.L.D. show. I mean, it, does, it doesn't sound like a good idea. And yet, you know, obviously, I'm going to be there. One, because the Marvel franchise has been pretty good to us and produced more quality than crap. Uh, but also just Joss Whedon. Like, I don't even care if it's a S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show. If Joss Whedon's making another TV show, I'm going to check that out. Yeah, I think like, like really, truly action type TV show or like hard genre TV TV shows are still kind of on the fringes. Like, you know, the, the networks yeah. have networks, the networks other than you I mean, see I action shows like you would like in the eighties uh, or even the nineties with, uh, you know, and I'm talking, and these weren't good shows, but the stuff like the A team, like there's no real equivalent to the A team. Yeah. Or even, you know, I, I would count like Hercules and Xena and mm-hmm. things. And those are popular shows, but they were not primetime shows, you know? And, um, I don't know. Battlestar. I, 
feel like Battlestar kind of grew. I don't know. Like it was very popular, but at the same time, it was on a cable network. I feel like sci-fi at that point didn't really have, wasn't like known as like an original series type thing. I could talk about Joss Whedon for the next yeah. hour and a half. And we managed to. I love we managed to talk about uh, Shakespeare. Much do about nothing without actually talking about like the play at all. I just, I don't know anything about the play. But no, I, was, I mean, I'm our, gonna... our interests just take us other directions. I yeah. think it's totally fair. This is not the Shakespeare podcast. Shakespeare is good. It's my fault. All right, moving on. Uh, next up, I think <laughs> Canterbury Tales, directed by <laughs> Brian Singer. Uh, this one, I don't know. I don't know which way this one's gonna go. I think this is maybe the biggest toss-up of the summer. Man of Steel, fifty-fifty. This could be good or bad. I, I really don't know. It could go either way. Yeah, I, I like the, the trailer was pretty oh, good. The trailers yeah. do look pretty. I was pretty skeptical about but it. Trailers mean nothing. I feel like I can't. I can't believe trailers are the like the trick i will never i will always fall for yeah that's like true. I, i've been a lot i'm you know i've seen a bajillion trailers for a mil, for an equal number of movies and i'm still i still get excited for ones that for movies that wind up not being great well, it's all we have to go on like i want to you know yeah. i want to plan my summer here i want to like circle some dates in my calendar and all i have to go on is you know like um, the talent involved, I guess. You know. Yeah, that's true. And I like Zack Snyder. I, I, you know, I, you, I, that's. I don't know that I do, to be honest. Like, I don't dislike I him, but like, I, I'm, I'm just okay. I, th- I'm, I'm I not think because I've read less comics than you, maybe I'm like less precious about his like adherence to the source material. Oh, I thought Watchmen was pretty good. I actually okay, did not hate Watchmen, um, which is not a popular opinion. I think he, especially he, among he also kind of fell in. He also he so much, he reminds me of Wes Anderson in that who another director who I li- I like, but. He also refuses to evolve his style at all yeah, or change yeah. it up. Other, I think I would, you know, I think this most, looks the mo- different than it. This is the most different looking movie he's made. I think so. You know, it doesn't, uh, doesn't Walking, seem to uh, Walking Dead, uh, Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, I think um, Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, it looks unlike. It's gr- great, but it looks unlike the rest of his movies. I think. Every, I think with three hundred, it was so successful. Yeah, yeah. He was like, okay, this is my thing. So you know, I think Watchmen, even though in it's the settings very different, it's still kind of it definitely had a shot in a similar way. Which, to um, me, like it's defined by like computer generated backgrounds um, and artificiality. Sucker Punch, Sucker Punch, yeah. Oh my god, which yeah, Sucker Punch is not his best movie. I never um, saw it. Yeah, but it is. It is like imagine Zack Snyder if Zack Snyder also wrote his movies. Yeah, and it's just the most Zack Snyderiest movie ever made. I'm sure he probably has a script credit on one of his other movies. I don't know. It looks anyway. good. I mean, but even even Guardians of Gahul, I saw that one, the animated one. You saw that? I did because I was like, I I think I you like, do Zack, like Snyder. Zack Snyder more than I do. Here's about the movie. Two weird things. One, it's a movie about ta- it's the only movie I've ever seen about talking animals that's not a comedy. Yeah, okay. I'm trying and, to think I'm desperately trying to think of another one. And two which is interesting. Yeah. And two Babe Two maybe? That's what I love about Babe Two. It's like very serious. Yeah, Babe Two is a crazy fucking Then you movie. May, maybe you'd love Guardians of Gahul. No, well the thing Babe Two is actual animals, they're not animated. Listen, okay. Time for you guys to call and let us know what's better. Guardians of Gahul <laughs> or Babe Two, Pig in the City. Babe Two Pig in the City is a crazy fucking it is like maybe the most underappreciated. There's just a scene in this movie where like uh, a monkey there's like one they live in this like rundown building and they're poor and like this one monkey's pregnant and yeah. this other monkey goes and like puts his head on the other monkey's belly to like listen to his unborn baby and it's the best monkey acting you will ever see like in any movie it's like right before it became completely impractical to actually make a movie with monkeys and like you just get cgi yeah so it's like it just stars this whole menagerie of animals and like it's pretty dramatic it's yeah, so and even, it's crazy. It's not like the first one. Keep going. No, no, it's kind of like I, I feel the same what about, about uh, Ninja in Man of Steel. the Ninja Turtles movie. Really quick though, where 
that movie is almost more impressive that it exists at all because there'll never be another movie like that again. Yeah. It's like all it's movies with like I guess they're puppets, but they're kind of like well. Some... The thing is, we're talking about the original. Like I guess he, it's like ninety one, ninety nine. I can't decide yeah. if I should say it might be eighty nine. It might have just missed. Yeah. So you're absolutely right because it was completely impractical. The only reason they made it was because the Ninja Turtles were like the hottest fucking thing that Earth yeah. had ever yeah, seen. Yeah. Like if it was, you couldn't not make it. They were like, oh, I guess we gotta. There was no other way to do it. They just had to do it. Let's let's get bring Man it back. Man of Steel, yeah, it's worth talking about for real. I don't Sorry. hate. Um, I you know I don't like dislike Superman Returns. The trailer was just so good. I mean, yeah, the trailer really, was good. I like it. Really, he really. Um, Kevin Costner. I was gonna say. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, don't, I keep cutting you off. I feel like no. I'm sorry. I mean, Zach's. You know, Superman is probably the most. I would say he's the most like epic superhero, if that makes sense. Yeah. Even even you know maybe him and like Thor in terms of like broad themes, America, mm. humanity, and Zack Snyder definitely like likes epicness so it kind of maybe it could it could totally work you know it looks pretty good and like you know it looks like it looks it doesn't look bad it looks like uh, um michael shannon also has um i actually don't like michael shannon i hate to say <laughs> it i hate to say that there's ve- there's something about him like he always comes off as cartoonish to me in boardwalk empire he plays van alden he comes off as cartoonish even in you and i's favorite movie of all time premium rush like I thought, yeah he's, yeah, he's, yeah. He's just, he always comes off as like um, who is the guy on The Simpsons? The uh, I agree. He really, he really, uh, he really compromised the integrity of Premium Rush. <laughs> Wait, who's the guy uh, on The Simpsons who enforces the alcohol ban? Oh, Rex Banner. Yeah, that's who I think of when I see Michael. He's Shad. a little I'm too like, intense. Yeah, he just like comes off like a uh, real Rex Banner. Um, oh, we have to stop talking about it. Yeah, for, I mean, we we didn't spend enough. Maybe maybe just one more minute. Well, I do like I like Michael Shannon, and I think who's Superman, Jim Cavazino. I don't know. I don't know that his name. He's <laughs> really he's a newcomer, right? He's probably not. Yeah. He's probably like the number the star of like the number one teen show for the last decade. Yeah. Uh but Russell Crowe is in it. It looks pretty good. Like the visuals look cool. It looked mm-hmm. It's been a while. So, like they gotta get the suit. They gotta. They I gotta even do the something. S. The S being because I don't again. I'm not, I don't. Is the S being the symbol meaning peace? It's a is, line from. Jeez, uh, I want to say. It's definitely a line from the comics. It might be like a Grant Morrison thing or something. That's it's cool. definitely from a specific. There's been some cool stuff done with Superman recently. And it seems like a so we'll see. All right, you ready? What's yeah. up next? I, I don't know that I have much to say about Man of Steel because I do think it's the hardest one to get a beat on. Like, I think it could be terrible. I think it could be great. Like, I think most of these movies, I could say with 80% certainty if they'll be good or bad. Like, I, I just, from the talent involved and what we've seen, Man of Steel is oh, well, the it's, most yeah, up in the air. Superman has such an interesting movie history. Remember, I remember Superman Returns. Like, I mean, remember the excitement for, it's the second, it's the yeah, second time they're, always, try, they're trying to reboot this great. franchise, that you know? Feels great. Yeah. But that was like six, I think that's 2006, it's like six or seven years ago. But I think when they did that one, well, I guess, uh, I shouldn't, it's not fair to say, but I think when Brian Singer, he's such a safe bet for mm-hmm. reviving your franchise, um, in, in general, you know, he just, I think he had a very, apparently X-Men. not, I know, I know, but at that point, you know, yeah. with the X-Men and whatnot and just his, I, I don't know, it seemed like a much, and he, and his, he's less stylized as a director. So he's just like, if you want someone who's, who's going to, I don't want to insult Brian Singer at all, but like, we're, we're apologizing for everything we say. Um, but you know, Zack Snyder is so much more stylized than Brian Singer. He's a much riskier gambit. I think the, the mo- one thing I don't want to see in that movie, the one thing I'm really afraid of is that the first hour of the movie is 
Smallville, who like where right. am I from, Pa? Like I cannot fucking deal with another Superman. I will come to the movie an hour late. I cannot deal with another Superman origin story. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I think that there's interesting I think room it, to explore like him first arriving in the city. Like I think there's a way to do a Superman origin story that is interesting. Oh, there is that aspect of the movie where you know he wanders the Earth for a yeah, while. Yeah, that looks of, that like, seems interesting, and that's like a new part of it that doesn't necessarily like conflict with what we know, yeah. but like add some new shading to it. That so it's I, I'm not Bat, judging it. Batman that that they, they kind of yeah, that's Batman begins the Batman book yeah he but, wanders the earth same but, writers uh yeah but also Batman begins he it's the same thing where like they it wasn't just like my parents were killed blah 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 there was the whole thing with him in the monastery like all these new elements you hadn't seen like of like, him training and all that so I hope they find a new way to do that because if it is just like. Your boy, that boy Clark, yeah. I've seen him do things like I cannot fucking deal I, with I that. I mean, at this point, that, that's it's, it's essentially like it's it's like the Pledge of Allegiance at this point. That yeah. story, it's just like so embedded in there, our consciousness. Is there anyone on Earth? Anyone on Earth? All right, who doesn't know Superman's origin? Next up, Monsters University. Do you remember a time when? New Pixar movies came out, and you got excited about them instead of dreading what they, how bad they might be. I am a little nervous about this one. You're I'm, nervous. I'm a little nervous. Yeah, well, I think I want you. You should really, you know, take the charge on this one because you're, uh, you, Jeff's the res. I, I obviously like Pixar too, like everyone else, but yeah. So the Jeff, thing Jeff's I'm, a big fan. So I mean, the story seems really uninteresting. Like, I, uh, Pixar movies are have really interesting, like. I mean, when you watch Wally or Ratatouille, you're like, uh-huh. "How is this gonna end?" You know, I think like uh, they present these incredible, unsolvable. Like, I remember watching Toy Story three and thinking, "Like, are these toys gonna die?" Like, I think they might be killing the toys. You know, like I yeah, would completely. I, I have the same thought. I thought. And that... same with Wally, you're like, "How can they ever get back to Earth?" Like, I just don't see how it's even possible. Like, while you're watching the movie, this movie, Monsters University, about apparently Mike and Sully, and I, I don't. This whole this and this disclaimer goes for everything we're saying. I'm not prejudging the movies. Uh, you know, yeah, like, no, I'm going to yeah. see the movie. I hope it's good. Well, that's how we're both, we both love. This is we what I'm both, excited. I think we're, we put, these are on the list because we're genuinely excited about right, them. Right. So we're, you know, we're naturally cautious. The story of, like, Mike and Sully show up at college, and they're not friends, and they don't get into the scaring program. And, like, how are they going to do that? Sounds really uninteresting. And, like, I can just. because well, you know how it's going to. You know, I can imagine that's, that's, every beat of that story, you know? And maybe yeah. it'll surprise me, but it's. Unlike other Pixar movies, it's really easy to imagine, based on this premise, like exactly where it's going to go. And you know where it's going to go, because you've seen Monsters, Inc., so you know where it's going to go. Monsters, Inc. also has this X factor. I saw Pat like beginning to talk, and I'm like, Monsters, Inc. No, also. No, no. <laughs> the, the other thing about Monsters, Inc., is, um, it, which is great, one of the best, uh-huh. uh, even amongst Pixar's uh, library, is Boo. You have this whole thing with Boo. And, like, it's not just Mike and Sully. It's Mike and Sully and Boo. And she's, like, I think what's really unique about that movie and what's mm-hmm. really – and the relationship between her and Sully. Like, what is the boo of this movie? And I don't know. Maybe it's there. I'm like, we haven't seen it yet. You know, again, I'm, I'm going to I see believe the movie. It's, uh, I hope it's good. But. Sully has a magical talisman that he has to assemble. <laughs> the other thing is – I asked this on Twitter the other day. Are there any good prequels? Are there literally any good prequels? One is maybe Godfather 2. I, I don't think that counts. It's like half a prequel. Half a prequel it's like yeah. flashbacks. Uh, That's a good question. There's like reboots, like you could maybe say Casino Royale is like a prequel to the other James Bond movies. I think that's kind of bull. Or Batman Begins. Like I I, I think that's a, those are reboots. Yeah, no, are no. there really any good prequels? I don't think there's a single fucking one. Maybe, maybe X-Men First Class. 
I liked X Men First Class. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That w- but that shouldn't be the best. If that's the best prequel of all time. Well, they're naturally. I think they're inherently flawed because the aspect of mystery is just not there. You know. Yeah. And that's. I'd, yeah. I'd like to think that's not true because all these smart now, the, people. The can- aspect of just you just you ulti- you know where that universe is heading and even that even though even if it's very broad even if it's a new set of characters in the prequels and you don't you don't know their individual fates just by knowing the fates like even when you know. I um the blood and uh, the blood and chrome Battlestar series, mm-hmm. which uh, you oh, no. you can watch actually. Oh well, there's two Battlestar prequels: blood and chrome and uh, Caprica, Caprica, which I always call Crapica and had to struggle not to do right there. I liked Caprica. I always call it Crapica. <laughs> <laughs> it's like take that, Ron Moore. It's not even because I don't like it. Like I before, they, before I even saw it, I was like, oh, call it Crapica. That's like, funny. You're you're like you're like immature snarky name for a. <laughs> Quickly canceled, obscure. This like, it does not reflect the quality of the show. I'm not like that show's more like Crapica. I'm just like oh, it's just Caprica, the way your brain goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, that show, you know, both I, 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 they did a Blood and Chrome, like they released it as a movie, the pilot. Uh-huh. Um, so um, this was uh, the second prequel yeah. to Battlestar that took place between Caprica. It was like about the beginning of the. Uh, I enjoyed both. The, what are they called? The, the, War, the Silent, Silent Wars. Wars. Yeah, I enjoyed both of them, but just knowing ultimately where that's heading. It's just not going to be interesting, you know? Yeah. It's like... So why do people keep trying to make prequels? These are very smart people, and they keep trying to make them. And this, this I, I just had this epiphany. They're like 0 for 20 on them. May, again, maybe X-Men First Class. I don't, I don't know. I mean, the Star Wars movies made money. Yeah, well, I guess that's a, that's really the answer at the end of the day. Is to yeah, I'm sorry to mean to boil it down. But, no, that's, but ob- that's, that's but obviously the correct answer. It's but pro- you'd like no, to but think it's probably Pixar's, more than that. It's more than that. You'd like to think Pixar's about more than that, because Pixar can make money doing anything, but... A lot of Pixar sequels. because enough, yeah. They're they're generally and why? Yeah, exactly. They could they could just why why not? A sequel would be better than a prequel, I think. Yeah, definitely. Like oh, like what happened? Like Boo comes back in ten years or something. That's a movie. Like I want to know what happens then. Like what ha- what happens next? They're like, is this Mike and Sully show up to college and like become best friends? Sounds very uninteresting. Can I ask- and, like really unambitious for Pixar? Oh, should we stop? Or can I- well, I want to hear your. Question. Can I ask you? Um, do you know the uh, as as a Pixar dude? What's like the was this written like? What, what was it, when was this written? Who wrote it? Know. Is it having like, the same creative team as they've always had? I'm honestly not sure. I should know. probably I right. I should know, but I'm really just not that interested. I'm gonna go see it, but I haven't like followed it very closely. I would guess so, right? They probably wouldn't bring in a whole new team for that movie. I'm sure someone. I'm sure some of the people. I'm sure, some of the people. Well, we'll be there. Yeah, I mean that's the unfortunate fact is I'm going to see it. Uh, okay. Next up, and we are about to leave June, go right into July. But before we do that, World War Z. Oh, right. Pat, I read the book. You have not, I I've not read the book. I've um, not read the book. What do you think as someone, and it, honestly, it looks very, very little like the book, which is amazing. I love the book. I think I did a thing on the show when Audible uh, was sponsoring it, and I was like, oh, I'll talk about a book on tape everyone should listen to every week. And I did it once, and I was like, World War Z. And then like, yeah. I never had another recommendation. I love that book. The movie doesn't look anything like the book, and I'm not holding that against it. That in mind, and that it like focuses on, on a single character, right, and his family. It just looks. I don't recall if that's even a character from the book. It just doesn't look anything like it. Like I think that it looks like it is World War Z in name and maybe in theme only. I'll tell you what, which the, I don't hate. I don't yeah, think, yeah. I'll tell cool. you what I like about it um, is that it, um, just just based on the trailer, but it seems to add this new thing to the zombie cannon, which is one they can run extremely fast. Um, but they, this is extremely fast. This isn't just twenty eight days later. Yeah, they're, they seem to be like almost have like superhuman speed. Yeah, maybe the like, trailers like intensifying hills of them. That was that's the other thing. This idea that like you can't really they, 
they're like locusts, you know. Mm. I've never really seen zombies as locusts before. They're more of these like slow kind of herd. They call them herds in Walking Dead, but that kind of. But on this, they're just like a a cloud of them coming at you, which is pretty awesome. And I'm I'm cool. It's cool. And you know, also uh, it's the first time I think I've ever seen anything zombie related done at that scale before. Zombie is as popular as it is. That's what I was gonna no say. No one's ever done anything remotely this big for it. Somehow there's like somehow they found an angle to zombie movies that hadn't been hit yet. I think, which is like kind of like a global political. This is what I'm getting from the trailer. A global political response to it. Like what do world leaders do about a zombie yeah, infestation? Yeah. Which sounds kind of interesting. Uh, 28 Weeks Later, which I also thought was very underrated. I actually like 28 Weeks Later quite a bit. Uh, had a little bit about the government response mm-hmm. to zombies, but that was like on a, a national on a, level. Where yeah. It was like England. This is like the world has been overrun by zombies. Like what it like. Even smothering like Muniz was like just the city. What was the city government? It was like they were quarantining that one in, in 23 Weeks Later. Oh, it's almost like the, uh, the deep impact of horror where not the armageddon no well deep impact gets into like the logistics yeah, yeah, and it's like true. a lottery of who's going to be saved and that's one thing that was that's the best part about the book is the book is uh really detail oriented it's like written as an oral history of a war that already happened with the zombies and it's very well the thing that makes it so scary and i, I very rarely find things much less books scary i sound like such an idiot i'm like Shakespeare sucks. I don't find much less books. Can you believe this one scary book? Can you believe a book affected me? (laughs) Uh, But what was so scary about it, why it's such an effective horror, piece of horror, is uh, it's very much like, yeah, if if zombies, if this happened, if like zombies were real, this is how society would fall apart. And it's about like, you know, like how some governments react well, some don't. And like, you know, there's rich rich people and poor people. And it's just like, it gets into a lot of the details of like how the world reacted, and that's uh, very interesting to me. And I think I think the reason this hasn't happened earlier is because zombie movies just the first, you know, they, they like you know, Night, Night of the Living Dead kind of essentially invented the genre. Yeah, absolutely. And that was just a bunch of people in one one location, a house. It was very, you know, they never left. There was a cemetery, then a house, and that was it. So like, it's just taking a long time for it to spread beyond that. And it's just, and it's also, I mean, if anything. You know, it's in a lot of ways, it's probably more effective to focus on one family in a house than on like a global response. Unless you're like, unless you're like, you know, there's, there's, you know, when movies get too broad, I think they can also just lose a lot of power. So, you know, you know, Independence Day is maybe like a a rare example of a movie that like with that scale that still feels like, oh man, I remember Jeff Goldman's character. I remember Judd Hirsch. Do you think there's a way that they could have made this movie knowing that the book, and I know you didn't read the book, but knowing how the book is formatted, do you think there's a way they could have made this movie where like, um, where it is kind of, like it's a mockumentary or something, kind of the same conceit? Uh, probably not. Yes, but it would cost like one eightieth of what this movie costs. And I don't think it's a big summer movie. And I think they wanted to make a big summer movie. Yeah, like, they saw there was this popular thing about zombies, and they were like, "Has anyone made a movie about that yet?" And then when someone said no, they like knocked each other. It's great that in this unlikely way, uh, Max Brooks is like continuing the Brooks screenwriting legacy. Yeah. I am sorry, but that is the gong. We are going Ooh, to have to move on into July. Where uh, the Lone Ranger is, I can't even believe I'm like, it feels weird even speaking these words, but I guess the Lone Ranger is a movie that's coming out in July. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm already dreading how little I will have accomplished when, it, when it's July of this year. I mean, I don't know. What do you, what's your take on Lone Ranger? Um, I like Gore Verbinski. I'm a fan of all three, <laughs> I'm a fan of all three uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Well, Gore Verbinski, I always think of him as, uh, an overachieving. I'm talking underachieving, overachieving a lot. 
Um, you know, he made Pirates of the Caribbean, which is so much better than any movie based on a Disney theme park ride has any yeah. right to be. Um, and then what was the other? What was the other? He made The Ring, which was better than a Japanese horror remake should have been. Sure. And what's the other thing he made? I don't I can't think. Of the I feel other like there's a third one that completes his trend. Well, Gore Verbinski. No, I, I know what you're saying. Um, I mean, he did. I, I know that he did The Weatherman, which is that weird Nicolas Cage movie, and a couple of like the Mexican, which is that Brad Pitt movie. Right. But those, I, I think you're thinking of a third like franchise thing he like brought to light or whatever. Yeah. He was going to do the Bioshock movie. Remember that was yeah. like a brief talk. That, that seemed like a cool thing. Man, if you make a Bioshock movie now, I don't even know if you like which one do you make. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's yeah. Two Bioshock yeah, movies that need to be made right now. That's totally true. But let's focus on what the hell are we focusing? Oh, the Lone. <laughs> Sorry, Bioshock. We're talking about the Lone Ranger. It's weird because, like, Bioshock to me is, and I'm sorry, I never got an episode about that together, people. I'm sorry because it's incredible. It's like really, it's the newest fucking thing in the world to me. And I don't mean that I just played it. It's just like so visionary and yeah. like just pushing forward this new medium of video games into something new. Whereas the Lone Ranger is like the oldest fucking thing on planet Earth, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I just. Uh, you know, science yeah, exactly somehow predates sh- movies. S- scientists and- aren't sure when it started, but uh, they're pretty sure it's the oldest thing on Earth. Which doesn't mean this movie will be bad necessarily. Johnny Depp is fun. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I can't. I think my. I think it's. But isn't he? He's Tonto, right? He's Tonto. Yeah. I don't know. No, I don't know much about the Lone Ranger. I know the song. I know like yeah. Kimosabi is a thing, but uh, isn't Tonto Native American? Isn't that the thing? I think so and calling Boy, we did not do our research today well uh, yeah we should i don't think i don't know it definitely i'm sure racism is in, it plays some part in this <laughs> i don't know what or what side uh wh- how exactly it plays out but i gotta tell you i'm pretty uninterested you better make if you're making a lone ranger movie you better make a great fucking lone ranger movie because i am pretty uninterested in seeing it right off the bat because you can make a good lone ranger movie i'll go see it like remember when mask of zorro came out and like they made a good zorro movie yeah and, yeah, yeah that was kind of fun it was a Masks of War the first one because they made a second one like 10 years later yeah. and it was like what why are you guys doing that yeah it's like a belated it's like the mummy 3 it was, it was so, so far long, after the yeah, first yeah. one <laughs> so if you make a good Lone Ranger movie and it's well regarded and people are talking about it I'll check it out I'm not, I don't have anything against a Lone Ranger but I gotta tell you I know it's like the oldest brand in America but uh, it's doesn't do anything for I me, think, and I think I'm not alone there. You know, I think if Gore Verbinski, if anyone could do it, he, I think he might have that unique skill set of, you know, like you, I mean, you had said this before, but he turned a theme park ride into into, into three of uh, the, the three extremely popular yeah, sure. movies. One of which was even good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the second and third one are I like. They're not without. Like, they're not without I mean, their. They're not without redeeming qualities but they're bad in a way that that movie- first one is like genuinely good without totally. qualification like it's I, just good i think the second third are bad but they're, i mean i think the second third the the parts about them that are bad are bad for reasons blockbusters of that size are usually not bad right. usually they're bad because it's like you know it's like just extremely predictable that's those true. movies are not predictable yeah yeah that's true <laughs> that's a great point i don't i don't mean that in a way it's like oh and they throw you some curveballs i just mean you know, like by the middle of the second one, you're like in, you're in a fog of characters and aliens yeah. and wizards and stuff. And no, that's 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 a great point. Um, but uh, so one anyway, thing they are is three hours long for some reason. Yeah. So I don't know. Um. But so maybe and maybe he can in you know that's true. Give that's true. Ranger, and Johnny but, Depp's always fun. I'm, but he's not the Lone Ranger. I cannot stress this enough. He's it's. I think most people. I don't know why. I've no. I don't know what the Tonto relationship. Maybe it's like um, well, like your theory. Maybe it's like Green Hornet and Kano is the Green Hornet's friend. And, yeah. like, Kano's the one that actually does any cool stuff. So maybe it's like that. I think, I mean, I think at this point, it's, 
it's a Johnny Depp movie still, right? right? right. You know, it's just a more fun character. But because the other guy is so much less famous, it, who is he? It's Army Hammer, I and I can only remember that because he's got a fun name, Army Hammer. Uh-huh. That's a great name, and I, I've clicked on his name on IMDb or Wikipedia once or twice now, and I still. Well, you were saying what you were saying before. You think you know Johnny Depp could have probably maybe if Johnny Depp just like got he's a weird dude. Maybe he just like really got into the Lone Ranger, and you know, since he could snap his fingers and make anything happen. Yeah, that seems like. Or I think the most likely scenario is like. Some, I, I think was, it's po- like he's a list. Am, am I overestimating Johnny Depp's influence? Johnny Depp, if he wanted to, could definitely get whatever crazy, stupid movie he wanted. Like especially if it's something that has name recognition. I can't believe how much name recognition the Lone Ranger has for something no one under the age of sixty-five has ever seen. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> so, I think what's also possible, and maybe even more likely, is. Someone was like cleaning out a filing cabinet, and they were like, "What's this?" And they found a folder, and it was like rights to make a Lone Ranger movie. And they're like, "Oh, that's something people have heard of." And yeah, dusted it off. So one ninety-year-old guy is gonna make a ton of money. That is gone. We are gonna have to move on. So one of the few movies on this list, uh, After Earth, would actually, I think, be another. Believe it or not, this and After Earth, the only two thus far, and maybe even the only two on this list. No, there's one more. Looking ahead, let me tell you what I'm talking about now that I'm boring everybody. <laughs> Uh, movies that aren't prequels, that aren't based on a comic book or anything, that are actually original goddamn stories, uh, is maybe the movie I'm most excited about this summer, Pacific Rim. Let me tell you why I'm excited about Pacific Go Rim. Go for it. Guillermo del Toro. I love monsters in movies. Like, I like a good creature. I like a good weird tentacle thing. Like, just the design of it, the puppetry or CGI of it. Like, that's I mean, just if what you I love like tentacles, Guillermo del Toro is your man. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like, he does, he is. I'm thinking specifically tentacles, he, you know? He is the best at that. He's mm-hmm. the best at that. Like, since Jim Henson died. And he, uh, his last movie was Hellboy 2 in 2008. His last four movies were Hellboy 2, Pan's Labyrinth. Hellboy and Blade 2, four of the best five movies of all time, leaving out Premium Rush. Uh-huh. And uh, so he, had, he, he kind of got caught up in The Hobbit there, so he, he hasn't made a movie in a while. I don't know what happened there. And he's also got a million other projects. He's making a video game. He's producing a TV show. Like He's a man yeah. with a lot of irons in the he fire. Wrote, he wrote a novel. Yeah, exactly. And um, He lost weight. So it's just the first Guillermo del Toro in a long time. I love me some Guillermo del Toro. It's an original story. It's got actors in it I like. It's got uh, Charlie Hunnam from Sons of Anarchy. It's got Idris Elba from The Wire. I will it's say, got it's the even, voice I will of say, Gladys <laughs> doing the voice of robots. I will say, this is a what's interesting about this Guillermo del Toro film, and this is a a real testament to his how incredibly weird he is. That a movie about the Pacific Rim, a movie about sea monsters fighting robots is actually the most mainstream movie he's ever made. Yeah. Well, there's no horror in it. Like Hellboy yeah. is about a, well, Hellboy's not bloody though. I think it's PG-13. Yeah, but it's I mean it's it's this is the most I mean this is certainly the biggest movie he's ever made. It seems, you know, it's 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 a it's a, an action epic. And it was it, you know, on to go back for saying before, you know, he he it, it is up his alley in that it has these like, you know, um um again, I'm forgetting his name. The uh, Lovecraftian oh, uh, H, uh, H interdimension, yeah, yeah, interdimensional sea creatures. But at the same time, it has this very block Transformers aspect. Right. To it, you know? Although I'm sure, you know, if he wrote it, I'm assuming this, you know, the script will be. Did he write it? I don't know. I'm sure he's at least as a story credit or yeah. something. And it's cool. I like that it stars TV actors too, because I like TV, and it's got someone from Sons of Anarchy. It's got someone from The Wire. Idris Elba with a British accent. Ooh, you gotta love that. Yeah, just like Twenty Eight Weeks Later. You know, you should have you have you watched um, Luther? 
I watched like three episodes of Luther. I wasn't super into it. Oh, to man, I was way into it. But that's that. Anyway, that's that's my only other source of actual British accent, Idris Elba. So I listened to this podcast. Oh, so after I beat Bioshock, which I beat recently uh-huh. and loved, and I'm not going to spoil anything about it, but I didn't read anything about it until I beat the game. So then, I just for the years coming up, I I just avoided reading anything about it because I just knew I was going to be playing and I wanted to get it fresh. Mm-hmm. So after I beat the game. I read everything about it. I went to the internet. And I was like, what have I been missing? And I learned there is a podcast that I think people that listen to this podcast might enjoy uh, called Irrational Interviews that they produce at Irrational Games, who, of course, produce Bioshock. And Ken Levine, who is the mastermind behind Bioshock, I don't even know what his title is, producer, director. Like, he's... Yeah. He's... If, Wizard. It's hard to make a video game. Imagineer. Just, you can't make a video game, especially, like, a game at that scale with just one person. But if he's uh, the head of the company and... He has a podcast where he talks to other creative people, and they're usually uh, video game designers, which is great. But there's one, and it's a two-parter where he talks to Guillermo del Toro. So it's yeah. the guy who made Bioshock, and the guy who made Guillermo del Toro, and the guy who made Guillermo del Toro, Guillermo del Toro, and they're just talking for like an hour. It's really interesting. And the thing that he said about monsters that I thought was interesting, who what, uh, del Toro was that, and I think he even is quoting Harryhausen here, Ray, uh, Ray Harryhausen, uh-huh. right, who made, like, you know, King Kong and all those old stuff. Clash Monsters. the Titans. I'm, I've now, for the pay, I've wasted a full minute of our Pacific Rim no, time wait for the setting you here. up for this fact. <laughs> he said, you have to be able to imagine the monsters in repose, like the monster not being scary and chilling. So his monsters uh, are people that you could imagine not being scary, you know, oh. just like chilling in the corner somewhere and not, and just being creatures as opposed to monsters. So they have like functionality or whatever. Yeah. Or just like, you know, you think of like the, uh, the thing with the hands on its eye, the, the eyes on its hands in yeah. Pan's Labyrinth, which is maybe one of the scariest movie monsters ever. Right. Yeah. Uh, definitely, definitely, he's definitely like the unofficial mascot for Guillermo del Toro at this point. And like, but there's, I think one of the reasons it's so creepy is like when you get there, he's like just at that dinner table, you know, right, he's just like, right, he's right. just living his normal life. That's cool. Yeah. I can see that. And, and um, no one does monsters better than Guillermo del Toro. I like monsters. That's why I'm going to see. And Bioshock. And I think you could see the influence of Guillermo del Toro on Ken Levine. I'm, not, I'm I don't know. Maybe who came first in that scenario? Yeah, they, but, you they, know. they share. I think they share influences. Is what's going on there? Like, yeah, they're into yeah, the yeah. same thing. Like you can tell when they're talking. Like Hellboy. They, they hit it off. Hellboy could definitely be a character in Bioshock Infinite. You know. I wish we could talk about Bioshock Infinite and Pacific Rim the whole time, but I'm afraid that is the gong, and we are moving on. To R.I.P.D., starring Ryan Reynolds and Jeff Bridges. Uh-huh. So this is a movie based on a comic book, and it is about uh, Ryan Reynolds, I uh, guess, gets killed, and I'm, I'm just recounting the trailer. I haven't seen the movie or read the comic book. He gets killed, and he, <laughs> because he was such a good SWAT officer or whatever, he gets recruited to the... Uh, rest in Peace. Rest in Peace division, and they're, like, working for heaven, I guess, capturing... Deadies or hell souls that have got you get the idea. Yeah, what, and like, but, what and, a, but they're I, the greatest lawmen of all time. So his partner is Jeff Bridges playing a cowboy, pretty much playing the character Wyatt Earp or whatever. He's, or yeah, uh, yeah, from a uh, true grit. Rooster Cogburn. It's pretty much Rooster Cog. It, lo- it appears to be Rooster Cogburn, yeah. like in present day with a magic gun. It's <laughs> it's a new. It's it's been a while. It's is it the first time Jeff Bridges has done a movie like of that scale? I took well, I think he's Iron he, Man. Oh, right. Yeah, that's true. But even in Iron Man, like, he's like, for most Iron Man, except at the end there, he's like, he's in a suit, you know, he's like a businessman. And even in the end, like, 
it's just his head in a black void. This is like like I alluded to earlier. Yeah, Jeff Bridges <laughs> getting like th- grappling hook hooking a running away monster and like he's got a, a, a ton of zingers. It's just every other line of the trailer was like, hey, is that your first time doing that sport? Yeah. Well, the thing that you have to talk about with this trailer, I think, kind of the elephant in the room, is it looks an awful lot like Men in Black. It's, oh yeah, it shares a lot of the same like younger guy recruited by kind of a straight man older guy. Um, there's this whole world that exists underneath us that we don't know anything about. The younger guy's getting shown the ropes. There's this case that's going to blow the whole world open. There's secret that like no one from their old life can know. Uh, so it, there's more than, at least in the trailer, there appears to be more than a few parallels to Men in Black. I, yeah. Which is maybe okay. Maybe that's okay. Well, if Will Smith wasn't busy grooming his son in After Earth, he would have happily been in, in that role. It looks, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It, it's kind of, um, it... Here's my problem with the trailer, and this is not the movie's fault at all because I'm sure the movie will explain this hopefully. But, but uh, yeah, I wanted to know like, who are they arrested? Like you know, it makes Men in Black. It makes sense, you know, aliens come you right, know, right. Alien criminals. It's a little. Come Earth. It's a little more. But who uh, are they? Who are they? Are they demons? Are they? Because they, they shouldn't be demons. Because Constantine did that already. I'm sure they explained it. I think I'm sure they explained it in the movie. I think in the trailer they're like, so you know what it reminds me of is remember that show on USA <laughs> G vs E. Sometimes it aired after Monday Night Raw. Was that the two, but the the guy, the, um, no, I don't think I've said that one. Well, it was, it was a similar premise, and I'm sure it's been done elsewhere, where they were like, they were cops, this is done on a TV budget, so there's no grappling hooks or invincibility or anything. Usually I was giving my brother Stone Cold Stunners and <laughs> grounded by the time uh, Raw ended. And the, so they were cops, and I think one of them was even a 70s cop, and he was still eternally young, so he was still like from the 70s. Okay. Maybe I'm making that up. No. Nice. And uh, they were trying to catch, it was people that had like, made Faustian deals and then reneged on them. Or maybe they were trying to catch people oh, that had just yeah, made Faustian yeah, yeah. deals. So a similar thing where they were like the detective that's agency. A, that's a solid, for someone who hates books, that's a good literary reference. Faustian? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I know that from G vs. E, which is this weird <laughs> USA show on after Monday Night Raw. I, I didn't even know it was a literary reference. Like, <laughs> I just thought it was a thing. So... It looks. It's, it looks like it's a, extremely goofy. Yeah, I, and I, I don't use that word disparagingly at all. I think goofy stuff. Yeah, is great, there's a lot of like Ryan Reynolds being like, yeah. like slapstick, just stops. But it, the joke in the trailer, and that means that uh, Mary Louise Parker is the Rip Torn character in that. Yeah, she and I think Kevin Bacon, who's not in the trailer, I think he might be in it too. Oh, how, how does Kevin Bacon not in the trailer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Show me some. Just am me, I wrong? Just am show I? me one line where he's like, "I'll get that R.I.P.D." Is that how R.I.P.D. He's Neo. He's Neo. Wait, Kevin Bacon? Oh, fuck, is that Neo? Sorry, I'm yeah. thinking Keanu Reeves. That's an alternate universe I want to live in, though. No, I wouldn't be... The, I guess if Keanu Reeves is in it. And he played... Well, he played, he played Constantine. Oh, yeah, that's what I think. But same thing with uh, Kevin Bacon, where, Even like, still, Kevin Bacon. He put him in the trailer, just, like, one shot He's Hollow Man. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, he I was went, Hollow Man. I went from Matrix to Hollow Man. man. Yeah. Like, down so much. <laughs> he raped Elizabeth Shue while he was <laughs> invisible. He deserves our respect. That happened in that movie, right? I'm not just he being likes, a weirdo. He, like feels, she, he actually rapes another girl, but he feels up Elizabeth. I mean, he, he, he rapes He sexually Shue. assaults Elizabeth Shue. He rapes another girl. I'm sorry. God, I'm glad we got that covered. I don't want to quabble over the definitions of invisible <laughs> rape. <laughs> so, R.I.P.D. Um, I don't think it looks very good, but like, I don't know. It could be a dark horse for a decent movie worth seeing. <laughs> That's going to be on the poster, I think. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. Like, maybe it's like a rainy Friday. It's July already or whatever. Jeff Bridges, you gotta give, you know. Yeah, Jeff Bridges is a I'll see big it. get for that movie. Because if it was just like Ryan Reynolds and anyone else, I'd be... But Jeff Bridges, especially playing a cowboy, 
I feel like yeah. it brings a lot of legitimacy to a movie that maybe looks like it doesn't deserve it. All right, that's the gong, and we're moving on to the Wolverine. Oh, okay. The Wolverine, I guess, an X Men spinoff. The second Wolverine movie. Is this a sequel? Is this set in the same universe as the X Men Origins Wolverine? I guess so. I think they all that's are. It's just so weird that I have to ask that question. Yeah. Like, that's how convoluted movie franchises have gotten. But I think it has nothing in common with an ex- except yeah. Hugh Jackman, as far as I can tell, which is great because X Men Origins Wolverine. So good. Not such a great movie. This focuses on his time in, in, Japan, in Japan, which is a classic right? storyline in the comics uh, by Frank Miller. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what I realized, I played the Wolverine video game, X Men Origins Wolverine, the video game that came out tied in the last <laughs> movie. And it's pretty good. It's one of the rare, it's not great, but it's, it's definitely one of the rare movie tie ins. It's actually decent. And one thing about also, it. Maybe the rare, the rare video game that's better than the movie is based on yeah absolutely it's definitely another better. one i think riddick is another word i know i, I don't might jump the gun here yeah we're spoiling a little we're looking, oh, I'm looking, sorry. looking ahead a little bit but yeah but you've been, i've never played it but you've told me no, that no, no. that's the yeah. butcher bay game is butcher's bay is like i think you know, widely regarded as like the best movie or the like most overachieving game adaptation of a movie but wolverine's up there it's actually pretty good and what i realized right, when sorry, i played yeah. the game is it's extremely violent and there's these cutscenes where wolverine is just like murdering people and then i saw the movie and i realized that's what's missing from the movie is it's fucking pg-13 you can't make a movie about guys a guy with knife hands and make it pg-13 because every time he stabs someone it's always like it always shows like you know it shows him like going in but then the camera stops like yeah, before yeah, yeah. it penetrated or like you see his face as he gets stabbed or something or and i'm also, not like I bet there's a lot of like him like using his claws like cut a steam pipe and that's his right. that's his thing and i'm not like wolverine i'm not like craving gore here i don't i don't want to sound like a 13 year old like oh it's got to be more violent but wolverine's like a savage fucking character and yeah. he's got knives for hands more or less like you need to see someone in that movie get stabbed. Like, you need to see it. Is this one also rated PG-13? I think it is. But it does know. look a little bit better. Like, Japan, Wolverine Japan just sounds interesting, you know. It seems like... Um, it's ba- like I said, it's based on the classic story. And, it, and again, I think having read more comics than I have, for to me it seems like a cool thing that's happening with comic... They're getting better because this first wave, it was just like, okay, we're doing the Spider-Man movie or we're doing the X-Men movie. Let's just take the first the origin story of them and that's the movie you know and that's kind of all they're doing now like with with um aspects of the dark knight trilogy with this movie they're picking the stories that are at, that are actually well regarded in the arc that's of, a great point yeah because i bet you you know the the wolverine in japan arc is probably a little better than maybe the origin of wolverine or whatever yeah that's definitely true i mean the original wolverine was only told like fairly recently in yeah yeah in wolverine history um, whereas the Japan stuff is from the 80s. But I think that's a great point, because Dark Knight is based on, pretty specifically, or at least, and not like it's an adaptation, but it's very much based on The Long Halloween. So that's I think that's a great point. And, you know, it, I get the sense with Wolverine that, like, it's an honest try to make a good movie, whereas the last one just felt like we got to make a Wolverine movie. They had uh Is Ken Watanabe in it? I don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> Maybe. You know what's a cool scene in the uh, Wolverine movie? The one good scene is the opening is like Wolverine and Sabretooth like kind of throughout history like fighting all these battles and like it fades in and out it's very That's cool. cool. Uh so it might be good. I mean Hugh Jackman is so good as Wolverine like they should just keep trying. Like I don't even mind yeah. if they just keep trying. <laughs> like, mean, yeah. He's so perfectly maybe more than any other like This is his fifth movie playing Wolverine, isn't it? 
Because um, he did all three X-Men yeah. in these two. Yeah, that's right. And he has that's a cameo a in First Class, too. Oh, and he's going to be in, hopefully, I think he's in um, uh, Days of Future Past, the next X-Men movie, which I'm also very excited about. Maybe we can use our last 48 seconds here to talk about that. The next X-Men movie coming out. X- when does that come out? I don't know, but not this summer. Maybe in the winter? Maybe next summer? This is a sequel to, as far as I can tell, both X-Men First Class and X-Men. So this movie's going to have... Um, oh, got, is it like the Godfather 2 kind of thing? where it's Well, like Days of Future Past is another specific X-Men story. Um, another very highly regarded one. And it's about the future. And it seems like... So there's a lot of time travel in it. Uh, and it seems like... And they've had the actors in this that play the young version. So it's going to have uh, Fassbender and Ian McKellen as uh, Magneto. Cool. James McAvoy and Patrick Stewart. Right, you told Rice. me this. I'm into that. Like that's yeah, yeah. A, it, there's like Fastbender and Ian McKellen. It's like, like the, it's the Fast Six of comic book movies. <laughs> like, they've got everyone. So like, they're, and they're getting everyone back. And I think a lot of them will be cameos. But like, I don't know if you got Fastbender and Ian McKellen playing Magneto in one movie, I'm in. And then on yeah. top of all that, they added Peter Patrick Tanklish. Stewart. Yeah, Patrick Stewart. So like, they got the whole gang back together. I think Peter Dinklage is playing thing. the younger Patrick Stewart. Right? <laughs> okay, that's the gong. That's the gong. And we are moving on to another prequel. 300, and this is August. Another prequel? Yeah. So this is we're getting into the doldrums a little bit here. I didn't here. realize it was a prequel. Yeah. It's, well, it's 300, The Rise of the Empire, and it's the prequel. It tells the story. There's no trailer oh, for sorry, this. Yeah. That's funny. I, I guess as you, when you say it like that, yes, that, that subtitle does actually, but it's such an innocuous subtitle. Who it cares? just never it could, even it registered could be anything. it. Yeah, exactly. It could be anything. An uh, empire is always rising somewhere. Well, I think the thread that connects it to the first 300 is Xerxes. It's going to be like kind of like an origin story for Xerxes. Oh, really? It's not about the Spartans? No. I think Xerxes, as far as I can tell, again, I'm just reading the Wikipedia. There's no trailer for this yet. Uh, it, it seems like Xerxes isn't the main character, but he is in it. It's the same actor, and it's about his rise to power. Um, not Zack Snyder. Not Zack Snyder that he's producing. It's weird. The director has no other credits. Like... I don't know where he came and from. It's, and it looks, it, it's so, the style of it is so, you know, ex, just based on the trailer in, in these broadways, very similar to the original 300. There is no trailer. Oh, really? I, I don't think so. footage from it. Oh, maybe. Maybe they have footage from it somewhere. I looked for a trailer and I couldn't find one, though. Did I believe see, it. I'd be, uh, I'd be very surprised. Like, if it see, doesn't look like the next 300, that'd be the weirdest decision. Or if it doesn't look like the last 300, that'd be I the weirdest just, decision a movie ever made. I think I just maybe saw a still from it or something. Did you see that? I don't know if you're trying. Did you see that still from that Tom Cruise movie? It's called like, a, it's based on a graphic novel. It's called like, um, All You Need Is Kill. No. I gotta show you the still for this later. It's incredible. Yeah. It's like Tom Cruise in like a cyber suit running away from Oh, explosion. I thought that was from Oblivion. No, no, it's uh, from because I want to see I want to see Cyber Suit Tom Cruise movie. That's and that's that's probably a long way from now. I'm sorry. That's anyway. actually why I wanted to see Oblivion. I thought he got in a Cyber Suit. Nah, it? sorry. Oh. It's, it's more of an elegant. That's uh, Oblivion's a little classier. <laughs> nah, no, I want to see a Cyber Suit. Uh, sorry, I, that's, that has so little to do with this. It's not even funny. I don't even remember what we're talking about. Let me look at my list. Three hundred Rise of the Empire. I guess, like, I, I can't believe it took him this long <laughs> to make another 300 movie, honestly. Like, what took him so long? Like, was the guy playing Xerxes super busy? <laughs> You're right. That, the movie was so po- It was popular, right? Like, the director... God, did... do you remember when that came out? I saw, I was in college when that came out, and it's uh, like, if you gotta be... If you if you want to be where people love 300, it was like college. Oh, well, I was in college when Chappelle show came out. <laughs> that's, that's what defined college for me. Uh, but I think it was, it was a very different thing. college experience. A lot of This is Sparta. A lot oh, of... God, that's lot. right. 
I almost feel like this is Sparta invented memes. I know that's not true, but it almost feels that <laughs> it way. It does feel that way. Um, so, I, you know, I mean, that movie was, I, you know, I think... I just can't... I, it's only... I'm only skeptical because it took him this long. Like, if another 300 movie came out next year, I'd be like, yeah, let's do it. Let's keep, keep them coming out. I like 300, I, the original one I a like lot. 300, I like mean, 300, too. It remi- sometimes, I know, I know this is... As the I first Zack Snyder time. movie that, like, when you hadn't seen another Zack Snyder movie, yes. or you hadn't seen another Zack Snyder movie like that, it was, like, really bold. Like, now that you've seen it a few times, it's a little less special. When I was in, we're like not talking. We're like not talking. This like, we're like not talking about the movie at all. I'm just like when I saw the original 300. Let me just tell you yeah. a story about this. But like I went with my it's like two or three friends from college, and they were way more excited about it than I was. I have to admit, I really was not on my radar for some reason. And but they were like, oh, we're gonna get drunk. We're gonna go. We're gonna. Get, I'm like, why are you guys like? What? Why are you making such a big deal of this movie? But they were completely right. You know, yeah. I was like, I didn't. Re- I was like, I get it. This movie completely invites that kind of thing. Um, but also. Uh, oh, this is, I feel like maybe fantasy people will, fantasy fans might condemn me for saying this, but sometimes in a much game with Thrones, I'm reminded of, um, uh, 300 and just that it's like, it's just, it's this kind of familiar landscape, but we're like anything, it's anything can kind of happen. I don't know. It's sort of like a weird, I don't want, Game of Thrones is not historical, obviously I'm aware of that, but at the same time. It, it just exists in a weird reality. It's I mean, like, 300 doesn't take place on a different planet or a different dimension, right, right. you know? As Westeros West seems to take no, place the, on a place like Earth, but I'm... Th- you they, know. they have, like, the recipe of, like, real to fake is similar, where it's, like, exactly, maybe, maybe yeah. like, 70-30. And I think Game of Thrones is maybe a Which little more cool, fake. Which is cool, because it keeps you on your toes so you don't know anything can happen. Yeah, you know, you yeah. could be, like... It's you th- just when you have your footing, these White Walkers show up, or this guy's face changes, and 300 had that quality to me. That was that's a very roundabout way of saying that. No, that's but. a good point. So anyway, so you know, the, again, yeah, I, I wish it wasn't a prequel. I guess. Yeah. I, Xerxes is the hero. Seems weird because I found him a very despicable villain. I think he is. I well, I, I don't think he is the hero. I think there's two other people who are the main characters, and like Xerxes is just kind of the connective tissue here. But you're. I, I would, he's I, like I, terrible. Like he has like a thousand slaves. Like there's no way he's a good guy in this movie. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's, it's not even. I mean, I guess like, I can't believe. How I guess long. Anakin's the hero of Star Wars, and like you know, he would later. Blow up an entire planet. Yeah, but, yeah, but it's also like I don't know. This is, That's not a great. Ex- also, like you don't want to be compared to the Star Wars prequels. That's <laughs> yeah, true. You don't want to follow that playbook. But why did it take them so long to make a 300 sequel? It's been it's been what a decade? No, I think it's like 2006 though. So yeah, I guess it's coming up on it though. Oh yeah, well, yeah, was sick. That makes sense. Yeah, I think so. All right, that's the gong, which is great because we apparently have nothing to say about that one. <laughs> Up next is Elysium. Elysium, the uh, new movie from Neil Blomkamp, oh, sure, yeah. who uh, made District Nine. So much sci-fi this this summer. Love it. Keep it coming. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think Elysium looks great. I mean, I saw the poster and it was like the new movie from the director of District Nine. I was like, don't even show me a trailer. Yeah. I'm there. And then I saw the trailer anyway, and it looked pretty cool. It's different. Original movie, not based on a book or Speaking anything. Speaking of like how that. like um, they couldn't, they, it's funny how um, you're saying how they couldn't have done. World War Z as a mockumentary, maybe at, at the budget, because it's. Just, I, I was saying, oh, it's that. You know, I was having reservations if that would work, but Neil Blomkamp made this sci-fi mockumentary, District, yeah, Nine, yeah. District Nine, and it was amazing. But I think District Nine was like a low, a relatively low-budget movie that deservedly became very popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a while since we saw a Neil Blomkamp movie. Uh, District Nine, it's like again, like five or six years old. Mm-hmm. But I, I like that Elysium. It stars Matt Damon, who's usually pretty good in movies. I don't think I'm being controversial here. I think maybe like. No one doesn't like Matt Damon, right? 
No, he's not. And this is, I think this is an unusually, he doesn't really do science fiction or anything like yeah. that. This is kind of an unusually genre-ish piece of movie making for him. It's an interesting premise. Like, I mean, it I seems like, like it. there's like a rich versus poor thing going on. Totally. Cool. I mean, I class, love class and stuff. That's my favorite kind of science. My favorite kind of that's your favorite theme to draw in in science fiction. My favorite kind of movies usually are like anything that is potentially dumb that really wants to like right, say right, something, yeah, I love you know? it. or like science fiction that has. Well, I think that's Book of Eli. I think Book of Eli is yeah. potentially dumb. That movie really wanted to say something. I mean, obviously, I, sh- I as a science fiction is a long history. Almost all science fiction like has something to say, like you know Frankenstein even. But right, like, yeah, definitely. But. I don't know. I, I you know just yeah. It's it's rare in movies. It's rare for big budget. I think science fiction movies to like mm-hmm. really have some kind of angle or something. And this definitely has a class thing. And you know, and I still haven't seen in time. In time. Oh, with Justin Timberlake, yeah. I have. It is not great. Yeah. It's not bad though. It's definitely. It's got something to say. Like there's a lot of. I'm sorry. I got us a track, but I don't want to. Yeah, I could talk. What about are your it. thoughts on Elysium? I'm in. I think it looks. I think it sounds great. I thought District Nine was incredible. I love District Nine. Again, not controversial. I want to see the guy's next big idea sci-fi movie starring mm-hmm. Matt Damon. End of story. That's that's all I have to say about it, really. You know, like has there been another? I feel like it's set on like a ring. It's like a ring world type world, right? Yeah. Well, so kind of like a the three hundred pre sequel. I'm surprised it's taken this long for a, a ring based because they're so prevalent. Well, there's Halo, but not but on a movie. R- well. Well, that's the thing. You What's know, up with the Halo movie isn't Peter Jack wasn't Peter Jackson going to do that? Someone was going to do it. Guillermo del Toro is probably directing it for a hot second been, there. Why have they not made? Like the four, it seems like the four or five biggest video games of the last decade, they haven't even gotten close to making a movie of yet. Like, but they haven't done a Bioshock movie, they haven't done a Halo movie. Well, a lot of them, I think, are really like. There's no way to make a cheap Halo movie, and there's no way to make a cheap Bioshock movie. They're like real fucking expensive. But movies. let's say, like, it's so, it seems like such a safer bet than a Lone Ranger movie. Yeah, that's true. Um, what was I gonna say? I'm sorry. I want to say something about Elysium though. Oh, it's just another thing where like I don't know much about it because I saw the trailer. I, that's like the last thing I want to see until I see the movie mm-hmm. because these ideas. These, like, new stories that I don't... Like, I know how every movie on this list ends. I know how Star Trek Into Darkness ends. I yeah, know... Yeah, it's, it's such a commodity. Like the, the, the it's a new story a that I don't know anything about. And, like, I, I'm sure there's a world where, like, there's one trailer that just gives away too much and, like, ruins the whole movie. And, like, yeah. there's a movie where I don't need to be sold on it. I'm gonna go see it. It's just the rarest of gems of, like, fresh story, big sci-fi. Like, so I don't want to spoil it for myself at all. I just want to go see it. Definitely. I think generally these – I think the movies you and I tend to, like, are the one, especially when they're, like, you know, like G.I. Joe 2. I think because, I think our, our surprisingly high opinion of G.I. Joe 2 just comes from, like, these weird turns it took where, like, where Channing Tatum dies or London is destroyed. Yeah, yeah. Or his two greatest assets are destroyed in that movie. <laughs> so – I, I I don't know much about it because I don't have much to say about it. I guess just because I'm just gonna go see it. Yeah, well, the, the trail. I, I I got the general kind of. I got some broad strokes in that trailer. I love the cancer curing machine. That was mm-hmm. great. Um, do you want you want to just call? Uh, you want to respectfully end this one a little early? We still have 45 seconds to talk about Alicia. Yeah, why let why let some arbitrary gong? All right. Will well, there be a gong? Sound we're gonna now? ring the gong. Okay. So moving on. Uh, three left. We're down to our last three. Wow. All sequels are adaptations. The first Does this one... include those bonus two? What are the bonus two? Oh, never mind. So no. I don't think there are a bonus two. I thought the last two were bonus twos. No, they're just coming out in September. So I guess we're pushing <laughs> so, the yes. definition of, of summer. But, uh, so next up, Kick-Ass 2. 
I kind of like I like the first Kick Ass a lot more than I thought I would. For I have not seen that. Oh I really? Must admit. Yeah, it's on Netflix. I know. I, I'm very it's, embarrassed. It's pretty. Well, you, I think I was going through. Don't like, be embarrassed about it, but it is pretty good. I think it, I think it just arrived and it was having kind of like superhero movie fatigue. Absolutely, particularly, and I think we've talked about this before on the show. That superhero subgenre of what if superheroes were real? Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. And like what if. What if I could become a superhero? Like, yeah. even that weird, like, meta take on superhero movies, that had been overdone. Definitely. But it is, uh, I don't know why, it is a pretty good movie. Like, oh, you know what's great about the first one? Nicolas Cage? Nicolas Cage. It's amazing. It's like, in, that movie uses Nicolas Cage like a surgical knife. Like, it, it knows exactly how to use. Which is re- interesting. It seems like when someone gets a great, this is like probably an insult both to, <laughs> insulting everyone. It's not an insult. Listen up, Hollywood. It sounds like an insult to both Nicolas Cage and all the directors he worked with. But when it seems like when Nicolas Cage gives a great performance, it seems like an accident. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like whole like well, port, it's almost New like, Orleans Port of Call. I think it's one of like his. I think it's one of my favorite Nicolas Cage movies, and it's I think one of his best performances. But like. I don't know. It just seems like it just seems like it happened by accident for some reason. That's part of the magic of Nicolas Cage. I think you just kind of don't know when he's going to like strike. But so well, I'm impressed well, the, to hear that this movie like seemed to really know what what he what he can do well and really use him well. Well, the trailer. I don't think I'll be spoiling anything because it's in the Kick Ass Two trailer. Nicholas Cage may not be in Kick Ass Two. Ooh. So, um, so yeah, you actually, still, yeah, you you still have you know. It's well, still good. here's the X factor they're adding. You're, you're, they're taking away Nicholas Cage, but they're adding Jim Carrey, mm-hmm. which I think is really interesting to throw Jim Carrey in a superhero comic book. Even though Kick Ass is like a weird subversion yeah. of superhero. Just to put Jim Carrey in that environment, like, there's bad Jim Carrey movies, but I don't know if there's any bad Jim Carrey performances, you know? Yeah, yeah, and it. Um, it looks like an interesting, weird Jim Carrey thing, and, like... It's also... If, it's, if it's your cool. movie's, like... Uh, I, I guess I'd probably be, like, medium to lukewarm interested in this movie, uh, just on its own merits. Because, again, no Nicolas Cage. Um, Hit Girl's a little older now. I think that's, like, kind of part of the charm of that movie, is, like, Hit Girl's a little girl, now she's, like, a teenage girl. And I, I mm-hmm. guess the story evolves, maybe that. Not a knock against the movie, but and a lot of uh, Christopher are... Mintz Plaza is like seems to have a more a, a grander role in this one. Well, he's in the first one a lot too, actually, yeah. and he's great in the first. But one. But he seems like he's very he's very kind of he's sort of expanding his empire. Yeah, well, he becomes he kind of becomes the villain. Like the, the first one's like the origin story, almost like Unbreakable. I'm spoiling every movie now. It's the origin <laughs> story for the the hero and the villain are kind of like he should do that Unbreakable. I remember there's a rumor. I think he wrote an Unbreakable sequel that and was never produced. Yeah, Unbreakable is by far my favorite M. Night Shyamalan movie. He's always, you know why? Because I love superhero movies and I didn't know I was watching a superhero uh, yeah, movie yeah, yeah, until like yeah. two days. I was like, am I watching a... Su- are we seeing a superhero movie right now? And then it's like the most superhero movie. Pre, I think it's pre-Spider-Man too. Like that was before the... Mm, I don't think so. No, I May, think it was. No, I think it's like early 2000s and like X-Men's 99 and like Spider-Man's Oh, you're right. Cause, you know, cause, yeah. It's like, it's it's early though in that era. Uh, so it's, it's a secret superhero movie, Unbreakable. Um, but yeah, so um, I like Jim Carrey in this movie because... He seen you know even though I you know the movie got I did not see it I don't got mixed reviews or whatever but in I did like in Burt Wonderstone how he was doing this what seemed like a sort of supporting role in the movie just mm-hmm. doing, finding these weird he's you know he's such a great car- performer such a great character actor that like you know if he, who's who's better than Jim Carrey so nobody. I think nobody's at this point in his Jim career you can find a lot of really he can put a bunch of any fun role he wants yeah. and so we should just like seek those out and not just try and star in movies and it's based and it's a sequel but the comic book that it's based on also had a sequel so like it's based on you know it makes oh, me feel like, yeah, yeah it makes me feel and as I've never read the Kick-Ass comics but as far as I can tell they're, they're what following what the comic a had a sequel 
Uh, they just continued the story? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, this is, like, still has source material to draw from. And I know we were just saying that, like, I know we're just saying that fresh material is good and should be sought after, but I think in this case where you're already based after a comic book, you know, it's good that they're... they're I, I like that it's not messing too much with the... You know, mm-hmm. it's the same creator, same writer. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'll see, I'm, I'm a little interested in Kick-Ass, too. I'm a little nervous, but Jim Carrey's, like, a really big get for that, just as he is for... Who does he play? I don't know. Some, yeah. Cause he's not from... You know, he's not in the first one, like, Corporal something or another. He's the mask, actually, in it. He's the, <laughs> he plays the mask. Yeah. It's That'd be awesome. Kick-Ass 2 slash The Mask 3. <laughs> That's right. Just a really clumsy backslash it, in the title. It acknowledges that the second mask exists, by the way. Like, Jamie Kennedy has, yeah. has a small <laughs> cameo in it. All right. We're talking about The Mask, which is great because 2-1, that is the gong. We are moving on to our second-to-last movie. That gong actually just goes off when we mention The Mask. And we are like, in... Just do one right there when I just said it. The Mask. So we are into <laughs> September now, and... We are in. We are into September now, and uh, you're gonna know it by the movies coming out. You know, it's, it's both it's, Jason Statham movies. You know what we should do is next next year, 2014. Let's work backwards. So like we end up at Star Trek hey. and the Darkness and Fast and Furious Six instead of ending up on Riddick. Wait, is there a? I want to. Is there a Statham movie this summer? Oh, good question. I don't know. Because you always talk about your Statham, how there's always one good Statham movie late in the summer. No, he had something in January. He did Parker that came out like. In the winter. So I don't know. There's got to be that August or September one. You got to have your August 8th, the movie. But you got your in September. In the meantime. You'll we'll have be- to make do with a September Vin Diesel movie. But I saw this, there. This is, also, this is also a prequel, isn't it? Or no? No. Okay. Though, is Chronicles of Riddick a I prequel? I it was. I think it's a prequel to Pitch Black. It is, because he gets. No, because at the end of that movie, he's like God. But doesn't he get the ability to see in the dark in Chronicles of Riddick? Oh, maybe. Which he has in Pitch Black. But I just feel like at the end of that, at the end of yeah, Riddick, yeah, yeah, he becomes right. like emperor of the universe. So yeah. how it happen? Doesn't Pitch he Black- like look at the camera and he's like, "It's good to be the king" or something <laughs> like that? Like he says something to the audience before the movie ends, <laughs> and he gets in a quad. I and fucking him out and do. hated that movie. I hated Riddick, it. which and and I, I feel I feel bad saying it because. That is not an unambitious film. Riddick is like I really want to solve. Okay, I'll move on. I just later on we have to solve this mystery of because like this, oh, whatever he's a prisoner in the last uh, one. Yeah, if it's a sequel or a what's who gives a shit? Like, <laughs> what the? Because Pitch Black, we do obviously. Pitch Black's a great movie, but uh, it's but nothing. It's a horror like, movie. It's nothing like Riddick. It's yeah. like a small budget horror movie. And he's and, a, and he's like some up. and he's I think I think he's like some low con man in it. He's, so he's no, not the main character. He like he's the breakout character, but it's not. This he's is not the so star. annoying to people listening because listen, like you're just on your computer. You just they just googled the answer. They know it already. Yeah. They know exactly what. It, whether but we're still like. I saw they were making. Well, riddle me this, people at home. I saw they were making a new Riddick movie, and I was like, "What was anyone <laughs> interested?" in? Another long delayed sequel. Yeah, I was like, finally, like this is I, Riddick did not strike me as something where people were like. Year after year, just like well, when it, is the when are they gonna complete the Riddick trilogy? Well, it was the it's the chron. They said the chronicles plural of Riddick, oh, so they have to. They definitely wanted to make a lot of Riddick <laughs> movies. Like the the original plan was to make a ton of Riddick great movies. summer for Vin Diesel. I mean, sort of. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> and that he's trapped in franchise hell. I don't like. Well, I think Riddick's like his franchise, and like he, I can definitely imagine him being like, yeah, and he should fight like space snakes in this one, you know. <laughs> Uh, is there a trailer for this one? There's no. There's a teaser, and it's like 
There's like a. So you don't know if he's actually fighting space snakes. Yeah, but there's like some space cockroach or something that crawls, and then like Riddick pops up and he's like, "I'm back and don't mess with me." And it's like <laughs> Riddick returns or whatever it's called. I, I love your Vin Diesel impression, by the way. I'm so skeptical. I just, I the last Riddick movie, like no one, no one is interested in seeing another Riddick movie, right? <laughs> no. Is it just me? I thought the last one, the second, those aspects, of, the last one kind of reminded me of Dune. Not, yeah. not in that like this. Not that it's like you know. I'm sure Frank Herbert would probably not want me to say that, but you know, just like Space Kings. It's a yeah. it's a specific kind of science fiction. Game Judy Dench is in it. Yeah, like it's like that weird kind of sci-fi where it's like I wonder if she's everyone in the next still one. uses broadswords, but they also you know have spaceships. Yeah, which is you know. That's oh, she's gonna be of, in it again. She's almost definitely not in it again. She's right? out. She's no longer doing Bond. It's hard to imagine. She was like, "No on Bond, yes on Riddick." Uh, the the thing she about is a weird. I think she's very a small part in that. She, I think she's the beginning, like in the third age, and at the end, she's like, "And so is the story of Riddick," and that's kind of her involvement. But it's just like you. Um, oh, I know. Is what it I the think. same creative team, same director? I, I, I think it is. Okay. Who's David Tuhis, who I like? Yeah, I, it seems like kind of, like there's no way that movie's like clearly like made by people who care about it. Yeah, that's true. That is so true. Like there is no question in my mind. I saw the movie and I was like. Somewhere in the world, there is the ugliest art of Riddick coffee table book <laughs> yeah, on sale yeah. for seventy five dollars. Like <laughs> everything in it was like meticulously designed, Definitely. and like it was not a lazy movie. You know what I think? One problem like, with it was, even like even like every like bridge had like two eagle heads at either end or whatever. Right. There was like a scorpion chair. I saw that movie on DVD, and I was like, "This movie is going on for fucking ever." And then I looked, and it was like the extended, or it was like director's <laughs> yeah. cut, like. No studio telling us to cut it off at two hours anymore. <laughs> it was like 30 minutes longer than the theatrical cut. I wish cut. I could have seen your expression when you realized you had <laughs> twice as much Riddick as you thought. Well, it was just like, it was, I think it was like towards the end of the movie, and I was like, oh, this is like 30 minutes longer than what they released yeah. in theaters. And I was like, which is great because totally. it's like an hour too long. And, and yeah, the, the, the right, being these is like, yeah, like those assholes at, at, at Fox. Wa- Cut the whole subplot about what I'm in the spice mines. <laughs> yeah. It's back in there. Don't worry. Yes. Uh, so, and I don't even know. Like, I think the first Riddick was an extremely expensive tentpole movie. <laughs> I do not think this one is the same. Like, I think it's probably more expensive than Pitch Black, which is really a very pretty small movie. Did Riddick, Riddick, maybe it made money. It seems like the kind of movie, maybe like it sort of, you know. I don't so, know. Maybe I don't think. So. I think if Riddick made money, there would have been. A, Another Riddick movie. Remember scene. the call? The call was like number one of the box office. I the think call that I think was either number. It definitely was. It was like did very very well. That that Halle Berry movie that came out like last what does that month. Have to do with Riddick? She's placing. Uh, just how it's. Uh, it's possible the Chronicles of Riddick made money. Oh, just because the call the call made money, so it's possible. Strange anything things are happening right now. So that's the guy. Yeah, sorry. We are up to. Obviously, we have nothing else left to say about Riddick. That brings us up. To our last movie. Well, this oh, is I it. thought that was the last one. This is great. No, there's one more. Well, I don't know what else what to say about it, though, really. Let's see what happens. It is Machete Kills. Oh. Let me tell you, when someone told me about Machete Kills, I was like, oh, that's awesome. I'm definitely going to see that. And then they were like, did you see the first one? I was like, yeah, it wasn't that good. Which is true. Like, I, didn't even, I, I like Robert Rodriguez quite a bit. Um, and I see most of his movies, I think. I like, you know, I draw a line yeah. to Spy Kids Four, but I saw Spy Kids One through Three, and uh, <laughs> it was a fourth one. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a much later sequel. It's like New Kids. It's like a, uh, it's almost a reboot. Like the the other kids are like they work in the program now, and I think Joel McHale's the villain. They're cool. they're it's something with time travel. So anyway, you're thinking Lost. Spy Kids Two, by the way, is great. So Machete Kills. I didn't even like the first Machete that much, but like. 
I'd be willing to give Robert Rodriguez another swing at that. I think that might be fun. I'm kind of, I, I you know, Robert Rodriguez, I, I just feel he's kind of gone down this, it's just, I, the, the, they're just so ironic, you know? Yeah. I know that's, I know that's a common, that's an Did easy, you see the that's an easy criticism to make for sure, but no. And I, I mean, that invalidates what I, my opinion of no. him. But it kind of carries the planet. I thought like, when you watch like, well, Brian Planet Terror is like, that's its own thing. Like, that was made under like, a specific like, but but that no, was at the same time though than other you know they were trying to but look at death proof look at death proof like to yeah. me, if you look at the death the, the difference between death proof and planet terror is and these were that pr- death proof was Quentin Tarantino's mm-hmm. contribution to Grindhouse and planet terror was Robert Rodriguez's I think Tarantino used the used the Grindhouse mandate just as a sort of j- jumping off point he made but he made the as a story I think the movie's very like it's very unique I think it's great it yeah has, I like, like it a lot the plot structure is really weird it just has, it's like it's basically one really long dialogue scene a horrible act of violence. And then just this like amazing chase scene, yeah, and that's yeah. the movie. It it's is like, weird. oh, that's so crazy. This well, actually works as a I movie. I think in the movie, there's like an edit, like like as if the film was broken to like 20 minutes later in the movie. You know? Oh, when like, she does when she's straight. I think it's more. I think it was supposed to be more like yes, that's right. I can't remember, but it's when she does Rose McGowan's supposed to like give uh, Kurt Russell like the sexy dance. Uh, and cut so it. it just skips the dance. That's like I think the idea behind that was like when you used to watch Grindhouse right, movies, right. you know. Stuff like that I'm kind of like less into because I'm like, let's make our own traditions. But there know? is a scene in Machete where, and I'm, as far as I recall, this is not a dream sequence where Machete like rips someone's intestines out, yeah. jumps in the window and uses it like McLean uses a fire hose to like <laughs> swing to another window. And if you, it, like, I don't remember anything else about the movie, but I'm like, oh yeah, Machete. Like, De I still Niro's remember it, right? He's in the first one. I don't know if he's That's in the crazy. new one. I think Lindsay Lohan's in the first one. I think there's some stunt castiness in this one, too. Um, Lady Gaga, I believe, is in the new one. That's kind of fun. Yeah, Lady Gaga is, like, a pretty legit artist as opposed to Lindsay Lohan. What is she... I think. Is Lady Gaga, is she, playing like a ver- is she playing, like, a version of herself? Or is uh, there's it like another one where I don't think there's a trailer. I mean, yeah, yeah. but you... Why bother? You know, like it's a great like the first movie is the trailer. It's oh, a you great know what the movie to end this, It's definitely a great movie to end the summer on for sure. You, you, it's know, what, you know what I'm saying? It's, uh, it's a great late. It's as close as you can get to a Statham movie. There's a poster with um, what's Sofia Vergara from Modern Family, uh-huh. and she has boob guns, kind of like Austin Powers. She has yeah. like machine guns like coming out of her nipples, like some sort of like machine gun boob thing, and. Uh, you know that that's very Robert Rodriguez. He like Planetary had like a woman with a leg gun, and like uh, Dustal Dawn has Tom Savini with a, oh, you're a right. dick gun. He's doing all yeah. So that's that. I was there's no trailer, but I was thinking I was like I think the only thing I've seen in that movie is a still image of Sofia Vergara yelling and bullets coming out of her boot. It's <laughs> like I got it. Like I don't need two minutes about this. I see I see what you've I'm done. In. Yeah, I am in. It's funny because I I don't like the first one. So what kind of asshole am I for going to see the second? I'm sure, you know, I, I bet you, you know, kind of like, well, you know what, it could be like Crank 2, where, you know, both Cranks are good, but 2, 2 is more than, Crank 2 is more than twice as crazy as Crank 1. It's just like, as insane as Crank 1 is, Crank 2 is just, infi- you know, exponentially, infinitely crazier. And Same made- with G.I. Joe 2. Yeah, and so... Ma- sort of. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, yeah, death count certainly higher. Um... Well, GI Joe 2 is better than the first one. I remember when we sat down to watch GI Joe 2, I was like, I, I thought the same thing. Better. I just think Crank 2 is just like in terms of the craziness. Yeah. How they, you know. But just in terms of like not liking a first movie and then seeing the sequel anyway, like I yeah. thought the first GI Joe was absolutely terrible. Still, but the first GI Joe, even as bad as it is, is still twice as good as a Transformers movie. But <laughs> I love <laughs> No matter what. Could not end this podcast that you're getting one dig at a Transformers. What about. 
Oh, that's yeah. That's one of the panic. We can't talk about panic game. Panic game because it'll it'll yeah. already be out. But uh, th- what was I saying? Oh, so when I sat down to watch GI Joe, I was like, you know, why I hated the first one. I'm doing it again. Like this is my fault that the, that there's no original no, ideas actually, out there. No, actually, here's what happened. But then, but what, then, no. What happened was what happened was we were you and I were going to go to the Game of Thrones exhibit uptown to see you get that remember that museum exhibit i i you i know planned, you tell you people you tell people what it was yeah i i had seen that there was a free game of thrones exhibit in your city had, uptown and, and i guess they had some props and so you some could sit on the iron throne you could sit on the i you could take a picture the big the e-ticket ride here is you get to take a picture of yourself sitting on the iron throne and you, you planned it yeah i was like well i didn't plan it. i was just like let's go to that that'll be fun okay but then we got there and the line was like around the block i don't mean that like the line was around the block the line was literally around a new york city block and I walked halfway up the line, and I asked the people halfway up. Like, I only, and I only walked halfway because it would have been, like, another five minutes and then, like, ten minutes round trip to get to the front of the line. And I walked, so I'm halfway up, and I was like, how long have you guys been here? And they were, like, three hours. And I was like, ah, I'll Photoshop myself on the iron. So we were like, we're not going to waste our time <laughs> with Game of Thrones, a Game of Thrones exhibit. So we saw G.I. So the second best thing. But it was better than the first, and maybe Machete too. Machete kills will be better than the first. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, it, it totally always is always optimistic good. as moviegoers, Jeff and Pat. I thought we we were again we were very negative. I feel the same way when we talk. We, I thought we're, we we always skew a little, we skew skeptical. Yeah. We're skeptical. That's yeah. all. Uh, well, that's true. And yet we still like how many of, of those twenty movies? How many do you think you'll see? I'll probably see half of them anyway. I think I'll see a lot of those. Um, let's, you, let's run down a list. Lightning round. Like, what do you think? There's over eighty percent certainty that you. Will I think see a lot because I, mean, I only say that because you. This is you know. A, you you chose a lot of ones that I'm you know you, you chose them because they're interesting. You know? I think kind of a light load this summer to be honest. Like I don't see an Avengers. I don't see a Dark Knight Rises on yeah, this. What's list. the Avengers of the summer? I don't even know. I guess it's Man of Man of Steel or yeah. Star Trek. But like those are two big ones. Those I'd are say, probably I, the two biggest movies yeah. of the summer. But whereas last year I think Avengers and um, Dark Knight Rises are so much bigger than even a Star Trek movie is. Yeah. So kind okay, of kind go. of a light summer in some ways. So, so what's, 80, what's 80% the, what are the rules around? Just what do you think there's more than 80% certainty you'll say? Okay. Star Trek in the darkness. I'm just going to write down yes. every answer. <laughs> Fast and the Furious? Whoa, 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 wait, wait. I checked Star Trek in the darkness for us. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's true. Fast and the Furious 6? Probably. Yep. After Earth? Probably not. No. Now you see me. Yes. yes. I, I mean, All right, yeah. we're going to check it. I'm check yeah. Much ado. We're going to see it. Man of Steel, right? Yeah. I'm see it. Man of Steel? I'll let you go. I wanna, I'll let you go. All right, you stop me when you disagree. Man of Steel, yes. Monsters University, I'm afraid yes. World War Z, probably. I'm like just checking everything. Lone Ranger, that's a no. Pacific Rim, I'm giving that two checks. R.I.P.D. I'm probably going to skip unless people tell me it's good. Wolverine, I'll probably see. 300, meh. Elysium, Kick-Ass 2. You know, when push comes to shove, I might not see that in theaters. That's very honest of you. I like it. Riddick, no. Machete Kills. I didn't even see the first Machete in theaters. And I love Robert Rodriguez, so I probably won't see that in theaters. Okay, let me see. I I, I decided. I just let me tell you the ones I disagree on. Yeah, please. Because most like ninety percent. Uh, yeah, you're right. We didn't even need to talk about ninety percent. Um, which. So I think I would. Yep, GI Joe two. Yeah, I agree. Oh wait, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. That's from before. Um, yeah, we already saw that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's a hundred percent. Star Trek, obviously. Fast and Furious, yes. I agree, but not seeing After Earth. Um. You were hesitant on, on checking. Now you see me. I think I was. Yeah, you were. That, more that, that, I'm just oddly intrigued by that one. I would see it though for sure. Um, Monster University. I could see myself not seeing. You didn't even see Brave, right? 
Yeah, like I, 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 I like, tend to like I, I, I tend to watch them on home video or a little boy, later. They probably have. They can probably. You're like, yeah. It's if you. you think I, it's, I wonder how many p- bad Pixar movies there are before I stop seeing them all automatically in theaters. I don't know. I'm sure you know. Brave having, wasn't necessarily. I didn't. I bet lo- it'll be. I bet it'll be fun. I bet it'll be good. I didn't dis. Like I didn't love Brave. I didn't even like Brave, but I, I didn't like hate it. Like I hated Cars too. Wolverine, I could not see. I didn't see the last Wolverine, so I might. Well, I might have really to like bad. catch up. Yeah, or something. You definitely do not have to catch up. <laughs> In fact, at the end of the last Wolverine movie, like all of Wolverine's memories from that movie are erased. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so it's like it's it's like it never happened. Um, I could see myself. I would say the big. I you know I'd say the biggest difference on here might be. Um, oh wait, you said you. I could see myself seeing three hundred rise of, rise of uh, the empire yeah. rise of an empire, but I don't know. Um, I think Riddick. I'll probably make it a point to see. There it is. That's the only. That's probably the only one that's, I would actually actually. That's the. You know. What are you most excited about? Um, I think mine's Pacific Rim. I'm sure it is. In fact, maybe Star Trek is that's number a great two. Question. Damn. There's nothing I'm like really like. Last summer I was like foaming at the mouth for Avengers. But there's nothing like that on my list. I guess for, except Pacific Rim. Elysium's the one oh, Elysium, I, I yeah. genuinely like. Want to know? Like you said, there's a lot of mystery surra- for me. There's a lot of mystery surrounding it, you know, because I think like you, I haven't really looked into. Mm-hmm. I've deliberately avoided the specifics of the plot. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, God, what else? Uh, the thing is, there's so much science fiction on here, which is cool. I'm down. Yeah, yeah. Down. It's just oh, I wish there was. There's no. There's not a. Go- I guess Pain and Gain's coming out, but I wish there was just a good like Die Hard like movie on here. You know? Oh, yeah. I miss that. Yeah. Anyway, um, so that um. Man and Man of Steel. I'm kind of curious, like what Zack Snyder is going to do with his Man of Steel. This movie's been in development for a long time. Yeah, I mean they've so. been trying to make it. They're like never not trying to make a Superman movie, and I think a lot's riding on that one because like if that goes well, that's like step one to I the wonder. Justice League movie. If that goes badly, like there may never be a Justice League movie. Yeah, like I mean, already I think Man of Steel is so much of its own. Superman so its own. It's I'm just more. It's more of like it's like Coca Cola. You know, it's just like I'm curious what's happening with Superman. You mm-hmm. know, uh, it's. Our patriotic duty to see this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's to, like a Bill O'Reilly show or something. <laughs> to drink a go while we're doing it. Well, Pat, uh, maybe let's check in in August or September. See, like, I'd love to like go back. Maybe we won't do this, but go back. No, and, like, I'd love play to. Clips of us talking about these movies. Let's take a and, picture like, of that see list. What we thought. Yeah, let's take a picture of the list. Well, we'll this would be good. It'll actually motivate me to actually see a lot of these movies. And uh, Pat, thanks for uh, talking movies with me today. No, anytime. Thanks for having me. That is it for this week's Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show. Since recording that, I have seen Iron Man 3. I thought it was okay. Pat liked it a little better than I did. But now it is time for some Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin fact check, fact check. First of all, I'm sure you're all still wondering, who was that actor who played Firefly in G.I. Joe 2? Pat and I could remember that he was the Punisher in Punisher Warzone, and now I know his name. It is Ray Stevenson. Uh, At some point in the past hour and 45 minutes, you heard me say that Jim Cavazil was playing Superman. I wasn't sure. I couldn't quite remember the name. I was wrong. That's why I wasn't sure. It is Henry Cavill. And also that line from the trailer where Superman says it's not an S, referring to the logo uh, on his chest. Uh, I said that was from Grant Morrison. It was not. It is a line from Mark Wade's Superman birthright. Army Hammer. Not really a fact check here. We were just like, what is that guy from? I looked it up. He played the Winklevoss twins in The Social Network. He is one guy who played both those twins. Uh, maybe the most successful special effect ever in that... 
uh, you don't even know it's there. Army Hammer played both the Winklevoss twins. And I gotta say, the new Lone Ranger trailer, uh, it actually looks like a lot of fun. I might end up seeing that after all. Guillermo del Toro did, in fact, write the screenplay for Pacific Rim, along with some other people, and the Wolverine miniseries that the upcoming The Wolverine movie is based on was by Frank Miller and, I felt bad that I left his name out, Chris Claremont. Chris Claremont really needed this to, you know, really solidify his legacy as a comic book writer. I, I was afraid people were going to forget about him. The Chronicles of Riddick movie. Okay, let's talk about Chronicles of Riddick chronology, because that got a little mixed up. The Chronicles of Riddick movie was not a prequel. I was confused because I was thinking about Escape from Butcher Bay, the uh, Riddick video game that we briefly mentioned. That is actually a prequel to both Pitch Black and the movie Riddick. So... That's the Riddick chronology. That's that episode. I am extremely excited about next week's episode. Uh, gonna be a sports one. Not a lot of sports Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin shows. You can just hear it in the way I say sports. But next week, we are going to be talking to someone who studied acting at Yale and then went on to portray the Major League Baseball mascot, Mr. Met, for over a decade, from 1999 to 2012. Here is a clip of that. How good are you with the t-shirt gun? Could you, like, pick someone in the crowd and be like, that dude, and then just, like, <laughs> hit him square between the eyes? Well, the problem with it was you had to fire up, because if you fired at someone, then it could be very dangerous. How fast does it shoot? Um, I don't know miles per hour, but that thing can hurt. Like, you could if hurt someone with oh, a t-shirt? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's awesome. like one of, one oh, of the... Oh, my God, I want one even... <laughs> I, like, I didn't even know it was dangerous. Now oh, I yeah. really want one. No, that's what people always say. They're like, shoot it right at me. You're like, you don't want me to shoot it at you, because you're going to have a, you know, hole in your chest so that's you about t-shirts. So you have to shoot it up. They also don't want people leaning over the edge, you know, so you have to be good careful. Good rule, good, good consideration. So, and, and it, you Because people will jump off the edge anything. trying to catch a t-shirt. They like, will do that anything. It's not hard to imagine. No, no, people will do anything. And, and other teams have had problems with people leaning over ledges or, or you know, so you have to really steer clear yeah. of that. It's a, it's, a major, uh, it's a major lawsuit waiting to happen. What is it like inside that suit? Like, what, what is your field of vision? Um, you see out of the mouth, which is like crescent shaped, um, and it's below your eye line. So you're, you're kind of looking down. So in order for Mr. Met to be looking straight out at you, you're kind of looking at people's feet. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this one. It's my favorite kind of episode, which is something that thousands of people stare at every day, but no one ever thinks about and just the nuts and bolts of how that works. It's a great one and it will be up on Tuesday. And I will remind you when it's up. If you follow me on Twitter, where I am at Jeff Rubin show on Tumblr at Jeff Rubin, Jeff on my Facebook fan page. And of course that episode and all episodes of the Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin show are always available for instantaneous access at Jeff. Jeff Rubin, jeffrubinshow.com. Instantaneous access. Who's not going to go check that out? That's the problem with most access. It takes too long. Not at jeffrubin, jeffrubinshow.com. Okay, that's it. I'm done talking. I'll be back on Tuesday. See you there. <laughs>